Okay, so this is session 20 of our Smoke and Snow Old School Essentials campaign. Our heroes last time had weathered the siege of Fort Kersey, although despite holding the fortress through various things that happened, they realised these strange shadow elves were going to keep returning to that area because the fort was built on a stone which had some sort of religious significance to these strange creatures. So at the urging of the heroes, the survivors of Fort Kersey abandoned it, realising they couldn't hold it against prolonged attacks, and they have wended their way with the heroes to settle in their home village of New Zealand. So we're effectively picking up with you guys returning to New Zealand. You're a bit ahead of this ragtag sort of wagon train of like refugees and survivors of Fort Kersey and you're heading back to New Zealand it's pretty cold obviously because we're sort of we're getting to the end of the first month of our Conan winter but the the journey back has been largely uneventful as you reach the river and you can like spot your home village just across the river obviously there's the bridge etc so crossing is no problem as you reach there, you can see just to the north of it, there is the gently rising hill upon which you know the beacon has been constructed. And you can see like this wooden bonfire in the little hut that you visited previously there. You can't see too far away to see the, the villagers that are manning it, but you know it's there. One thing that does strike you that is different from last time is a short, a short distance to the east of the beacon, so just poking out from behind the hill and to the north of New Zealand you can see there appears to be construction proceeding apace effectively like wooden buildings being constructed and obviously you can see New Zealand wooden palisades around it etc as you approach New Zealand you can see there appears to be a party of eight you think people so roughly like normal human size they they look human from what you can see but they're wearing cloaks hoods etc you can see they appear to be armed with wooden bows and they appear to be firing at the palisade that surrounds New Zealand you can just glimpse some of the defenders of New Zealand firing back at them from the, the wooden walls. What do you want to do? Uh, sorry, how many did you send away, John? Eight that you can see at the moment. Eight that we can see. And the buildings to the north, do we think that they're connected to these difficult to tell at the moment they don't appear to be paying them particular mind but it's possible okay are they coming from that direction though is that the no. sort of direction they're attacking from hmm. do we want to see what's going on or do we want to
uh, which you won't use, of course. But yeah, um, yeah, for everyone else, that's cool. Yeah. Welcome, John. Thank you very much. Good to be Thanks here. Thanks for joining us, John. Uh, it's always a pleasure, never a chore. Good to see my. Uh, can you tell I've been like using my computer to do some like heavy duty like processing stuff all day? <laughs> Um, I was just going to ask John: Is there any chance I'd have recovered any health during the journey back? Yeah, I, I think. I mean, we could go through it and sort of roll it all, but I think it's safest to say you're all back at full health because you'll have been travelling for like a number of days to get back to New Zealand, and you've got enough people with you that you know you could have rested up and stuff like that. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, well, I think we're just discussing how to investigate this okay. really weren't we um, have we got any cover or anything we can approach there's there's a few sort of like nice. low lying shrubs around um, and there's some of these like thin conifers although they're more sort of like behind you and behind New Zealand and are they, are they firing in from the north no they appear to have come from the river so the direction you're now coming in based on their current position Okay, so are they our side of the river, or are they the New Zealand side? They're on the New Zealand side of the river, but they appear to have come, like judging from the tracks, you can see both um, Brock and Malcolm. They appear to have like crossed over the bridge, and they're like firing these arrows at the walls. So we have potentially got them, got the jump on them, sort of coming. Okay. Yeah, they, they don't really appear to have like noticed you guys at the minute. They're far too occupied with like the defenders of New Zealand. Um, you can you can just hear sort of like Cotton Nichols' voice, and you can see like the defenders, like and obviously the the sort of people of New Zealand, like firing arrows down at them. There's also you can just about make out there's like a couple of people sort of on the walls of the village, sort of like defend helping defend it basically. That you don't really recognise most of you. However, Brock, as you sort of look, you're like. I'm sure I remember that fellow from like when I was when I was working with McCord. I'm sure he's one of McCord's like group. All right. Like it's, it's not like a person you were like really tight with, but you're like I've definitely seen him like when I was working with McCord. And what about the guys attacking? Do any of the I know they're sort of cloaked figures, but is there any sort of thing that would stand out? No, they appear to be wearing sort of like fairly rough sort of cloak, like travelling clothes. You know, like stained hoods, maybe a bit of leather armour, your typical sort of like woodsman style gear um, it's obviously they've got snow on them, the snow falling, obviously we're in winter but there's no like insignias or anything that really stands out, they're wearing that typical sort of like you know, dingy sort of brown, sort of murky like clothing, a bit of leather scattered here or there, they're not, they're obviously not like a sort of military unit yeah, but was that Similar to what the the bandits would have worn, McCord's lot. Yeah, a lot of McCord's lot would have been attired like this, but so would a lot of other people. It's just like yeah, yeah. easily That's obtainable clothing. <clears throat> Can we see what their bows look like? Do they look? That their bows they look like long bows. They appear to be wooden. Um, they've obviously had a bit of practice using them. You can tell by sort of like how they're like kneeling down. You know, they're drawing the bows. They're like notching notching arrows to them fairly quickly and firing. You occasionally hear like a... as like an arrow sticks in the, the wooden palisade, and you can see there's already a fair few sticking out from the wall. 
Okay. Well, we've got to help our our fellow villagers. So, I mean, do, do you guys want to fire off a few shots from distance? And no, I think that's close the distance, and that's moving quick. Yeah, let's not play the long game against eight archers. Let's get in real close. And okay. Well, effectively, we're not going to go through the whole like blow by blow of this combat. Because obviously it's just like a, a setup, but what we'll do effectively, you guys have, have got the drop on them, they don't really know you're there, they're not expecting to be like attacked from behind. So, you guys can effectively say what you want to do first, really. We'll keep the, the distances sort of fairly abstract. So, if you want to like move up and attack, you can like do that on your first turn, that's not a problem. Okay, so I, yeah, I think that's what we want to do is come up, take them by surprise, try and get three or four of them, you know killed before the rest of them know we're coming so if we can get like a party of three or four of them who are together okay. try and get them get them killed and then move on to the rest so that we're, that we're not taking all eight at the one time if if it works out that that's possible yeah that's um, absolutely fine so if you're if you're moving up to attack feel free to make your attack roll okay. I mean I've, I've only got spear for sort of range weapon so we need to get fairly close before you start shooting so I can well, that's fine as I said you, you can run in on your first turn and like yeah well I'll probably let the guys loose off a couple of shots and then okay depending on how it goes okay lovely so is so, anyone else taking like a ranged action on this round so that was a melee oh, melee so you're yeah. okay yeah so you're so Brock in, Brock yeah. you're like oh, I'll wait and see if these guys are shooting because I'm not ready with the ranged combat and you sort of, you probably look at Malcolm because like you're expecting him to do like the ranger thing and like yep. get his get his bow out and get on without a chisel. But instead, no, he just like draws his like sword, goes straight in with the sword of respect. All right then. And I'll as you're watching, just... he's like and hacks down one of these bandits. Yeah. So I just get I get a big smile. I come across my face then, and I take my sword from off my back, draw it, and just charge in. Then go for it. Uh, I'm more than happy to get. Close and personal. Should give that a roll. Oh, nice. Oof. Okay, Ooh. yeah, so Brock, describe how you run in and hack down one of these bandits. Yeah, so um, obviously caught by off guard, this guy uh, kneeling, bow, kneeling down to draw back his bow. I'm just going to run in there. Um, Two-handed sword. Off just off the side of his head just come down and take his his arm off and he's just gonna uh bleed out yeah so instantly. as he's going like that and he's like notching the arrow and pulling it back there the other two you see brock run in he swings down his huge sword there's like a <laughs> and then you see this guy and he's basically stood there with like his arms gone <laughs> and he's like he's like screaming flailing his arms around like blood spraying out of it but he very quickly falls quiet. You can literally see his like face go white as he goes into shock, and he just slumps onto the ground, shuddering for a bit with this red pool spreading out in the snow around him. What's her Wymo doing? Uh, striding in. Shield in hand. Okay. Other hand. Pistol. I'll go shoot for one of them.
and I'll, I'll get up all in their business as well because I'm basically I'm following Malcolm. Yeah, no problems. Fourteen. Yeah. So describe how you also dispatch one of these bandits with your uh, your musket, where you flip your um, black powder weapon. I think it's it's probably a case of you know running in with a with a war cry. One of them turns around to engage, and it's just immediately like <laughs> down as the the smoke just envelops a part of the the group. Yep. So as you run and you like ah, with your shield <sighs> and your pistol, you see this guy turns around. He reaches under his cloak, like dropping his bow, starts pulling out this like short sword. Then there's a loud <clears throat> and this billow of smoke, and he just gets like taken off his feet and propelled backwards several feet through the air. He falls to the ground with a large smoking hole in his chest. Okay. How are the um, the rest of them doing with the? The old morale. I'm, about to say, I'm just about to make a check for them. See, as do. They're not doing great, to be honest. They <laughs> they emit as the, as this guy like flies through the air and like hits the deck. They like a shout of panic goes up. They're obviously sort of like, looking backwards and forwards, realizing instead of just like oh we're just attacking this place, we can always fall back. Now suddenly, like, oh, we've been attacked from behind as well. We're being pincered. So they just start scattering, like, in all directions. Like, a, a, it's a complete panic. It's not like an, a, an organised withdrawal. Like, it's just a complete rout. They just start, like, scattering and, like, running in all directions, obviously just trying to get away from you guys. Is there any way we could jump on one to capture him? Yeah, effectively, they're, they're fleeing, so that's not a problem. You can make me an attack roll. Don't worry about the damage. If you succeed, you've captured one of them. That doesn't look good. Uh, 11? Yep, that's fine. So, as you're as they're all scattering and they're running for the hills, you like basically leap on one of them, sort of like wrestle him to the ground, and you capture him. As they're fleeing, you see like a, a cheer goes up from like the defenders on the walls of New Zealand, and you see a couple more of these bandits get taken down. It's like people are firing like bows from the walls of New Zealand. Then something happens that you weren't really expecting. You hear this like noise coming from like the top of the palisade, and you see what looks to be almost like a giant crossbow, like on wheels, get like rolled up. To the front of the like palisade, like on the little sort of bit that people are standing on, and like this thing looks like beyond shonky. It looks like it's like held together with like the the fantasy equivalent of like gaffer tape and twine. But there's like a loud like bang, and you see what what basically looks like a spear, like the one Brock's carrying, get fired out of this thing, and it hits a couple of the fleeing bandits, goes straight through one of them, and like through the next one. So there's like two of them sort of with this spear through them and they just like and fall over. And then you hear this like, as you're heading nearer, you hear this like faint voice on the wall go, there you go, Jones, I told you it had worked. Did you ever see anything like that? And then you hear the voice of Clarence Jones, one of the, the defenders that caught a nickel ball to him. He's like, he's like, damn right, I reckon you've got a good idea there. That stuck it to him, didn't it? And you can see 
this guy and you can see Quilak, your sage, sort of stood next to this big like bolt thrower thing on the wall. The okay. the rest of the bandits have scattered, like the few that survived. You've got your captive. Okay. So I guess we want to go in and find out what's going on. Uh, this captive is human, John, is he? Yeah. He, he just looks like a, a normal guy. He's got like a, a bit of a beard. He's, he's wearing sort of like normal like woodsman's clothes, as I said. Okay. Nothing particularly noteworthy about him, to be honest. Okay, so I'll just grab him by the scruff of the neck and drag him into uh, through the gate, assuming the guy's opening for us. Yeah, no problem. Obviously, you've taken his weapons off. You've like bound him up with a bit of rope or whatever. He's entirely incapacitated. He's at your mercy, basically. He's not going to be going anywhere. Cool. Um, Brock just wants to do one light circuit around the the village, just to make sure there's there's no stragglers or anyone else that's hiding out, and just for peace of mind. Yeah, that's fine. You take a few minutes, like, circling around New Zealand. You don't see any sort of stragglers. I mean, you see a few of them, like, but they're already, like, running. Yeah, yeah. So, you're pretty sure that, like, the, the panic that they were thrown into by the sudden arrival of, like, the black powder weapon of Weimars, and you guys sort of, like, pincer moving and, like, killing off them before they even knew you were there. They're, they're just scattered, and they're, like, disappearing yeah. into the woodlands. You could chase them down, but you're, like, they're running in all different directions. If no, we... no, just... We'll make sure there's not a second wave or any sort of... Not as far as you can see, no. Yep. Cool. Okay, so I guess we'd be looking for Cotton Nickel to find out what's going on. Yeah, no problems. You head into New Zealand. Obviously, you're you're welcomed back to your home village and that sort of thing. You know, people are, like, eager to see you. And, you know, there's a few sort of, like, cheers go up because I obviously realise that you guys have helped see off these... uh, these bandits that were uh, interfering with the smooth running of your home village. It doesn't take you long to find Cotton Nickel. After all, he's a giant man wearing like big furs and he's got like a massive bushy beard, so he's not difficult to find. Um, you can see he's sort of like walking around. He's like talking to a few people who've taken like a few scrapes. There's a couple of people who've taken like arrow shots um, they've got like minor injuries you can also see there's at least three people inside the village who are dead they've um they've like covered them over as best they can with like furs etc and they've like laid them out basically ready to bury them pretty much okay. and um nickel's just sort of like walking around and you as, as you're sort of going he's not seeing you yet and you hear him shouting to um one of the defenders he's like he's like hayes have a quick check of the uh, have a quick check of the walls. Make sure everything's fine. But we can't afford for the defences to be compromised. If uh, just in case any more of those uh, those miscreants come back, and then he like shouts up to the wall. He's like, Quilak, will that thing be able to fire again?" At which point you see Quilak with like his hat on and his like pasty blue skin. He's like, "Well, it'll need some recalibration, Nicola." It, it's not entirely finished. I, as I said, I needed at least another day to get it finished. But, um, yeah, yes, yes, I, I understand, says says Nickel. But uh, we didn't have any choice. Uh, I, I'm sure if I'd have asked those bandits to come back tomorrow, it'd have been fine. He's like, well, there's no need for sarcasm, Nickel. And he's like, look, j- just get the damn thing working, will you? We need something. We need some deterrent if those those people come back. And when he says people, he says that people as in rhymes with shit. 
and there's a bit of like back and forth between him and Quinn. Quinn's like, oh, right, fine, fine. I'll, I'll I'll see how soon I can get it up and running. And Quinn like turns to the the guy next to him, and he's like, he's like, Jones, g give me a hand with this. I need to make sure the the, the tensile strength of these. And he starts like blithering on about various like technical specs about this bolt throw. While this guy is just like some dude you guys hired to like help defend the village is like all right yeah okay obviously doesn't like have a clue what he's talking about but he's just like yes hold this do this do this and he's like all right <laughs> and that's sort of like bantering a bit back and forth then nickel sees sort of sees you guys approaching and he turns around and he's like oh my friends it's good to see you how are you this day i, I thought it must have been your arrival that saw them off of course i I heard the discharge of the uh, the weapon, and he sort of points at uh, your like pistol that you're holding, Weimar. Yeah, things go well, um, and I just shake the ruffian. Um, yeah, we found some rats outside uh, outside the fence. Um, what's going on? Who are these rats? He says, "Look, well, um, I don't know how much you." I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know exactly where you've been. Uh, how much do you know at the moment about what's going on at the fort? Uh, nothing. I don't think. He says right. Well, you. He says um, Fort, Fort Eastburn. He says, well, you. I don't, I don't know if you're aware, but um, Lord Eastburn passed away recently. I did hear that, yes. His, um, his seneschal has uh, apparently taken over the running of things. And while he seems to have been, have either driven people away or be clearing house somewhat, um, lots of people have deserted Fort Eastburn. Some of them, and he sort of gestures into, sorry, to the other side of the village, where you can see, like, remember McCord and, like, most of her bandits. He says, some of them, like, um, McCord's lot of... Uh, have come and settled here, and um, that, that's all fine and grand, but uh, met many more of them have retreated to the, the woodlands and they're waylaying travellers, supply wagons, uh, attacking isolated um, steadings and stuff like that. I, I hear over in um, in the neighbouring village, uh, they've had, a, in Deersum, they've had some problems. Uh, luckily here, uh, thanks to the Palisade, we're pretty well defended. We've uh, We've seen a few miscreants lurking about but this is the the first attack we've faced um and are they coming from the village that's been built to the north so, he, he looks a little bit puzzled and he says uh, he said the, the village that's been that's been built to the north and then then he as though he sort of um he sort of clocked onto what you're talking about he's like oh i see he's like oh no that that's not a village that's um that's your friend Buchanan, building his trade post. Oh, okay. He yes, he he, he arrived back in Valconan a, a few days ago, and um, oh, excellent. He, 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 as per the discussion previously with him, he he travelled here, bought all of his supplies with him, and on his way here, he'd hired some men to to start the construction. They've started putting up the first of the um, the wooden buildings, like you say, just to the north of here. Um, okay. they're, they're planning to expand it into a, a full trade post, but obviously they've, they've only had a couple of days to get started, so they're just focusing on the, the smaller sort of storage buildings at the moment, so they can yeah. keep their stock in it, etc. Okay. 
It's a, I think it says a uh, Buchanan did did come here though, when he when he first got back to Valcona and to sit. But obviously, you just to check how you were doing. But obviously, you you weren't here. I, I told him you were out and you'd probably be heading back at some point. Um, he said if you if you if you want to pay a call on him, of course, feel free to do so. Uh, but he's he's mainly going to be stuck at the construction site, you know, overseeing the works yeah, and all yeah. that sort of thing. Okay. Interesting. Excellent. I must go and see him. Um, so you have no idea where uh, these bandits are holed up? Well, it's, it's, it seems to me that um, most of these people have sort of formed like loose-knit bands of brigands and they've they've retreated to like the sort of deeper wooded areas. Obviously, it makes them more difficult to root out. Uh, obviously, a, a sort of gestures to Brock, he says, of course... You you would know about this, obviously, as part of previously part of McCord's group. Uh, it's far more difficult to to track a loosely knit group through the the deeper forests, especially if you keep on the move and you don't really have a permanent base of operations. And it's a, I don't think it's any sort of like single large group like um like McCord's group. I think it's these loose knit small groups of bandits uh, since. Since Fort Eastburn's been like turfing out its ne'er do wells and various people who don't like the Seneschal have left of their own accord. Okay. Well, luckily I found a rash, so we'll uh, we'll have a chat with him and find out where his his other rash friends are hiding. Uh, at which point, um, like Cod Nickel like cracks his knuckles loudly, and he's like, "Well, if you if you have other important business to do and you want to leave him to me and my men, I'm sure we can squeeze some information out of him." Well, that would be greatly appreciated, because I don't like to get my hands wet and dirty. That's fine. And he, and he basically like grabs this guy by the scruff of the neck and like drags him away from you. And he's like, he's like, come on, you. Now we're going to have a we're going to have a little chat. And if you tell me what I want to know, you just might be able to walk out of here. And you hear this guy like protesting as he's like dragged away to like one of the guard huts. But you see, like as he's sort of dragging him, like. Carl Nickel like gestures to like a couple of the, like the defenders who sort of like, fall in with him, and they all disappear into this hut, and the doors slammed loudly behind them. Okay. Cool. That's good news. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Good news that Buchanan is here. Not good news for dear son. Feels like we might have to when we take care of our own bandit problem, we might have to stop there and help them with theirs. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're a lot closer, isn't they, to Fort Eastbourne, so yeah. probably a majority of more ruffians in their area. At the as you're saying that, one of the like, sort of the normal villagers was just sort of like moving around, you know, because everyone's sort of like milling around, trying to find out exactly what's going on, like looking after each other, you know, p- passing out food to the defenders and stuff like that, all the normal sort of stuff you'd be doing in a village. One of the the, the people from New Zealand is sort of like just happens to be like walking past as you like mentioned, dear son. He says. So it looks over his shoulder and he's like, oh, you want to be careful if you go in there. Why, what have you heard? He's like, he's like oh, haven't you heard? He's like, no. He sort of like looks around a bit conspiratorially and then he like leans in like really close to you to the point where you can like pretty much like smell on his breath what he had for dinner the previous day. And it, and it wasn't high quality from the smell of it. He leans in and he's like, oh, I heard us how they... I heard it's how they caught a witch in their son. Oh. Hmm. 
the he's like, is at her friend. He's like, what's yeah. The witch, what's, what's the witch doing? There's he, he sort of leans in, he's like, well, I don't like to gossip, but uh, I, I, I don't just ask you, you can just. <laughs> he's like, well, I heard as I'm she do. She'd like laid a curse on their, um, you know, their provisions that they'd been putting by for the winter, and like most of them had spoiled. You know, like almost overnight. So like they're they're really like struggling for like food with like winter coming in. I mean, we we've sent them some of our like excess. You know, because we we've done pretty well out of, out of it to be honest. Because you know, like, as as you lot were saying, you know, we've got to be prepared for the winter and whatnot. So like we we've been able to send them a little. Not a lot, because we've got to take care of our own people first. But uh, we've sent them a bit over to try and help out. But yeah, I'm sure we... it's a witch spoiling the thing instead of it being stolen by someone, because it seems like there's a bunch of that going on. He says, "Well, obviously, I don't, I don't know for certain. I'm, I've not been there myself, but the the people who went and like took the supplies over to them, when they came back, they said there was this big hoo-ha about this like young woman who'd been, uh, I think they said she was like a painter or something." They said she'd been like found to be a witch, and uh, apparently their uh, their old priest was getting up in a right state about it, and was like drumming everyone up, and you know saying, oh, you know they've got to cast out this like evil, like devilish influence, and and you know all the sort of normal stuff like people people do, you know when and he like crosses himself, you know when there's witches about. I mean, Le- Leander be praised, we don't have to deal with any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, being being be good Leander fearing people. And tell me, John, did we meet the painter? You did. You met a young woman who said she was an artist. Okay. And she, she said that basically she liked to spend her time on, on the sort of like beach area overlooking the sort of coves and whatever, okay. and painting the scenery. And she was different to the retired adventurer dealer, yes. was she? Yep. Okay. Okay. So she was she was the first person you met when you went to Dearson. It was the person who was like, "Oh hi, you're strangers to the village." And you had a bit of a chat, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I spend a lot of time like painting near the cove." And then then she sort of like told you about the adventure, the retired adventurer, who you met later on. Hmm. So that's either someone getting uh, over creative with their storytelling, or. There's some truth to this nasty witchcraft. Don't believe everything you hear, Brock. Mm. Well, I, I definitely know that there's witches and nasty spellcrafting. We met this young lady though, and she wasn't she wasn't a witch. Oh, that, that but but that's that's what witches are like, says the, says this villager. Is that? That, that's how they do it. They're like they, they mix in and look just like everyone else. Anyway, yes. I, I I heard as how they caught her anyway, so I'm sure it'll be sorted out. And anyway, like it's not like we need to worry about it over here in New Zealand. I mean, like I say, being goodly interfering people. Indeed. Speaking of which, I say to him, hmm. <laughs> have we had anyone come by looking to replace? You know. The, the local man of faith, given the unfortunate circumstances. He says, uh, oh, "Not really. I mean, the only, uh, aside from um, the the gestures of McCords, like a lot of you can see, they says, aside from them lot, um, the only strangers we've seen are there with this, um, there this group of adventurers who came by, um, 
they said the lead that they were called like Callan's people or Crallan's group or something like that. Um, they, they came by with the um, they came by with the merchant fellow. He, he'd like hired them to help him with his um, with his trade thing that he's setting up to the north. Um, but I don't think any of them were were religious. Um, there was a there, there was a woman. I think she was one of the one of the Calner, you know, the dwarves who was like leading him. Uh, didn't, didn't really say much. I mean, I didn't really get a chance to talk to him, but I don't think any of them were of like the um, the priestly persuasion. But no, we've we've not had anyone come by who'd really sort of fit the bill. I mean, everyone's sort of uh, hoping that Leander will probably we don't we don't relish the thought of facing like the dark winter months without someone to like lead the faithful in prayer and stuff like that. I mean, C- Cotton Nickel, bless him, has been um, been talking about when the weather lets up a bit, potentially like heading heading out to see if he can hire anyone, but um, or like persuade anyone to come back. But uh, obviously, with um, with what we've heard about Fort Kersey and what's going on there, and now Fort Eastburn, I don't know where he'd go to find anyone. Mm. And was there any priestly types in the? Uh... Uh, survivors of Fort Kersey. Roll me a d6. And if you get a 1, there is indeed a priestly type. Not so much. Okay. No, there wasn't. Okay. Hmm. Uh, should we go and see Quilak and settle our bill? Surprised he hasn't hunted us down yet. To be mm. <laughs> well, what, what, what do you think he was getting the bomb for? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not difficult to find Quilak. He's up on the wall, like messing around with this like bolt throw thing. Okay. So I guess we'll call up uh, Quilak. Good to see you. Oh, uh, it's you. I was wondering when you were going to get back. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, could you join us for a moment? He, he, so he looks at um, he looks at the fellow who's helping him with the bolt thrower, and he's like, right. he's like, Clarence, just put just put that rope on there, like I showed you, and uh, make sure it's all nice and tight. You know, work that handle there, and uh, I'll, I'll come up and deal with the rest in a bit. And he sort of like jumps down from like the little like palisade. Like I say, he's only like a, a tiny little like ice walker nomad, and he sort of like waddles over to you in his robes and his like big wizard hat, and like looks up at you. Hey, how are you? Nah, um... not not too bad, not too bad. It's uh, to, to be honest, given everything that's been going on at the the fortresses, from all from all sound of it, I'm I'm rather glad to be out of that. Indeed, indeed. Well, I have the rest of your money. Oh, splendid! Um, and tell me, what information have you uncovered since we last seen you? He says, "Well, none. You asked me to, you asked me to stop looking into that and start working on anti-worm defences." And he gestures for the bolt thrower, and he says, "Which I've been doing. Um, okay. I, I need about another day to to finish calibrating all of this. I mean, I, I when those whatever they are." attacked uh, I said to Cotton that it wasn't really ready I mean to be honest it's it's more fluke than anything that we actually hit anyone with it because it, it's not finished look at the whole damn thing didn't fall yeah, apart yeah. but um, Cotton did insist that uh, 
you know, will we at least give it a test? But I'm going to need at least another day to, to finish it all off and make sure it's all fine. And then once I've done that, I'm going to get back on to looking to see if I can find any more rumours about treasure and stuff like that, like you asked me to. Okay, cool. Okay, and anything else interesting happened while we were away? He says, well, we... Um, he says, your merchant friend uh, arrived um, with some adventurers in tow. Um, Kellen's band, I think they were called. don't know why. I, I, I spoke to them briefly. None of them were called Kellen, so it doesn't make any sense to me. But um, he, he turned up with them. He, um, I, I spoke to him briefly. Obviously, he was looking for yourselves. Um, and I said, well, you'd return here at some point. But we, we couldn't say exactly when. And he said, well, you know, just to give you his regards, etc. When he, when you did turn up. And then he, he headed off to his construction. They've been working on that. Uh, we, we've had a few people pass through. Nothing of note. I mean, the visitors are getting a little bit rare. Obviously, with the weather getting so bad now. And winter really sort of biting in. People are starting to stay a bit close to the old half fires. And not travelling around as much as I expect. We'll, once winter really starts kicking in, we'll... We'll be seeing less and less travellers and people like that sort of coming across us. Indeed. Indeed. Aside from that, it's been it's been pretty quiet. Although we have heard uh, we have heard a few rumours, and apparently, obviously, we don't, we don't really know what's gone on with Fort Kersey, but we've heard rumours about some big battle going on there. Uh, we obviously people have apparently vacated Fort Eastburn. I don't really know what's going on with that. Yeah. Nor I. Nor I. Obviously, I've been uh, I've been pretty busy building this, so I've not really been able to to look into things as as much as I might otherwise have done. But it's it's nearly ready, isn't she a beauty? He says, and he points at the the bolt thrower again. It says, I, I, I'd, I'd like to see that ice worm devil turn up now. Right. Well, I'll get a spear right through its gullet. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. At which point he says, oh, I'm not even showing you the best bit. And he's, uh, he shouts up. He's like, he's like, Clarence, Clarence, show them the... And he's like, oh, oh, right, right, yeah, okay. And he sort of, he like leans on like the handle at the back and he pushes it down. And you can see that he's basically built it so like the bolt thrower can like tilt. Oh, like okay, yeah, yeah. So it can be fired at things in the air and it's, it's on like a little pivot so you can like turn it a little bit. Okay. He's like, yeah. So if anything comes in from the air, we can, we can push down on that, tilt it up. It, it's it's better with two people firing it, to be honest. But you know, you, you, can, you can get by with one if they're good enough. Like I said, okay. I just I just need to make sure the tension's right on the, uh, on the cords, and you know, uh, just just tweak. It, it's pulling a little bit to the left, but I'm sure I can, I can sort it out. Okay. Cool. Wonderful engineering. Uh, what other feats are you capable of? He says, "Well, I've I've always had an eye for the details. You see, in my in my line of work, the details are everything. I mean, take for instance, you ask me to find out where there's some treasure located. If I if I get the details wrong and I tell you by the difference of a mile either way, you could miss it. You could wander into danger." So it always pays to be exact in my line of work, and I, I pride myself on being exact. And engineering is a similar thing. It's all about the measurements you see and getting them correct, 
and working out how everything fits together. And as long as you've done the measurements right and you've made your plan properly in advance, everything, once you've got to the, the construction stage, everything should just slot together, so to speak. Is, but I'm, I, I'm engineering and stuff like that. I'm, I'm fine with it. I know a little bit about the more esoteric subjects and stuff like that, but I, I'm not really so immersed in that. It can be a little bit longer to find out that sort of thing. Oh, I think we'll eventually need more of these. He says, well, yes, well, I'm hoping once, let's say I'm building this from scratch effectively, so it's taken me a long time to work it all out. However, once we've we've got the plan and we know that it works and what little tweaks we need to make, making more of them should take far less time because we'll, we'll just be following the plan that I've worked up. And then it's just a matter of getting the raw materials, cutting the pieces, putting it all together. To be honest, once once we know it works properly and we've got an established plan, it's easier for me to tell groups of people how to put it together. Whereas at the minute, you really need someone who understands the inner workings of it to be able to make the little tweaks and make sure it's all working okay. Truly. Uh, I'll turn to Malcolm and Brooks. Where do we start? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, of course, pay the man his dues. Yes. So I'll give him the money that he's owed, the half of what he's owed. Um, That's absolutely fine. He he takes the money off you and as you're doing so. He says, uh, right now, as I've said, it's going to take me probably another day, maybe two, but I, I think I should be all right with one. To, to get this finished then that's done uh, after that you said you wanted me to to search for rumors of any like forgotten riches treasure and things like that do you still want me to that's still where you want me to go next with my researchers is that correct because obviously yeah. I, i'd already done i'd already laid the groundwork for looking into that stuff before you asked me to divert to make these worm defenses for a better term so I can easily pick that up again. At which point he seems to like almost so he remembers something. He says, "Oh, that that reminds me. I, I meant to mention this to you previously, but I, with all the talking about what I was going to be researching and stuff like that, I entirely forgot about it last time I spoke to you." He says, I, "I'm not sure if you're aware, but um, just to the to the east of here, I mean, probably about eight eight. 10 miles, something like that. There's a... There's a group of people who I, I've recently made the acquaintance of um, due to them coming here to like barter for some simple things and stuff like that. Uh, they're planning on setting up, I suppose, a, sort of like a, a, a courier or a messenger service, I, I believe. Uh, I've, I've, I'm planning to use some of their people to to help me speed up my researches into into these things you want found because obviously um the more people i've got through boots on the ground so to speak the quicker it'll be to to locate these rumors and such like obviously previously i'd have i'd have sent people to the forts 
where there's more people and we'd have we'd have hopefully found things out there but given the situation at the forts i don't really think that's an option now so i'm having to look elsewhere for for people to assist with my uh, my investigations and any idea why they're settling so far east of here it's just that no it's, it's a strange thing i'm i'm not really sure why they are settling so so far to the east to be honest uh, I, if i had to make a guess and bear in mind it is just a guess i would suspect that they want easy access to the coast obviously um traveling around the coast by ship is still one of the most the, the quickest and most effective ways if you want to avoid dangers uh, of traveling so I, I assume that's why and like I said, I don't know for certain. I mean, it's a bit of a guess on my part. Uh, I've only I've only made like an initial contact with them. I've not had a chance to like, hash out a contract of work or anything mm. like that yet. Mm. Well, we must call by and meet them. Oh yes, yes. He says, uh, from, from what I gather, they've they've just got a small um, a small sort of effectively wooden outpost set up. Uh, I think they managed to get it built pretty quickly just before like the winter really started coming in but um i think their their plan is to basically hold up for the winter and then they're they're going to start really sort of pushing their their sort of courier their messenger service when the um when the summer comes back around again obviously that won't be for a long time but uh indeed what can you do mm. indeed uh, should we go and see our good friend Buchanan? Yeah. Seems, oh, a little, <clears throat> seems a little bit odd that these people are setting out their own sort of places just outside of New Zealand. You'd have thought it'd have been a safer option to sort of join forces almost. Well, they're going to want to stand apart because mercantile. <laughs> That's. That's how they do. They want they want to have their own thing. Yeah. yeah. As long as they pay their taxes, I think it doesn't really I mean, matter. Where it's it's like they will call on us to do things, and then we can negotiate. Yeah. But they they will plant their own flag and stand aside, as long as it's you know a viable course of action. Uh, how far north of the wall is Buchanan? Do we know, John? Okay. He's he's about a mile to the north. Okay. Okay. Cool, well let's go and see him. Okay, yep, no problems. You head to the north. Um you can as you approach you can see a small cluster of wooden buildings obviously been fairly recently built as you're sort of getting nearby you can see there's obviously like a number of like laborers sort of like working on these buildings you're like reinforcing them they're obviously trying to get them ready for like the really bad winter weather because we're only like a month in at the moment so as far as Valconan goes this is fairly mild weather as you're as you're approaching you can see like I said these laborers and dotted around you can see a, a number of individuals who stand out there's a there's a woman wearing leather armor smoking a pipe she's chatting to um, a, another woman 
there's a, a a female dwarf with like a hammer over her shoulder and like a shield she's like sat down on like a pile of logs there's a shield leaning up next to it and uh, there there appears to be like a sort of a young man who's like talking to her in like quite a loud voice you're so too far away to hear him but he appears to be like gesturing quite wildly with his hands as he's talking okay uh so we heard that the dwarf was in charge did we you did yeah okay um so i guess uh i'll just approach her okay yeah as you walk up you can see she's like like she's put a warhammer down and she's just like pushing some like pipe weed into a quite an ornate wooden pipe she's got like a flint and steel on the logs next to her cool so i'll just go well met i have uh she looks up and says oh greetings um i hear that you are leading the guards who are protecting buchanan is that correct <laughs> she she smiles slightly and then sort of gestures around at like the people that you've just sort of like pointed out and she says uh, she says uh, yeah she, the, the the fellow over there waving his hands uh, the the two young women over there and uh, then she looks around a bit and then she shouts at one of the women she's like Judith where's the mule got to the woman just like shrugs and she's like oh and the, the, there's another fellow um, it'll be about somewhere um, yes okay. there's a uh, there's five of us in all this is um this is my group Callan's band we call ourselves uh, the, the leader of the group used to be a man called Callan unfortunately he's no longer with us but uh, in his honour you know we keep the name in the group uh, we we've not been in Valcona all that long originally we were uh, we were back in the, the homeland and she sort of smiles a little bit um, and we, we were hired by a, a merchant by the name of Buchanan to, to to come here and help protect this trading post he's establishing. Uh, apparently, he agreed to put it here because he had some friends in the village just to the south of here. Yes, we are those same friends. Oh, right, I see. Um, uh, yes, I think what he's is a, your own name. He says um, Balmora. Ah. So yes, I think um, Buchanan's uh, in the building over there. He's just looking at some of the plans for. For the buildings with some of the labourers, uh, we're mostly here to be honest, just to make sure they don't get attacked by bandits, animals, stuff like that. Okay. It's, it's been, have you seen much bandit activity? There's, there's been a few. There's been a few sort of odd incursions. I, I hesitate to call them that, but we just the odd few people. But we've seen them off, and it's been quiet for the last few days. Okay. Cool. Yeah, the village had a recent incursion as well. Um, but Still we the, captured um, one of them. So oh, well, I'd, I'd be interested if you can find any any information from them that might help us. Uh, I mean, obviously, our, we we called at the village when we first arrived in Balcona, and um, the, the merchant insisted, and we saw it's pretty well defended. So we assumed they'd be all right, but we did say to them, you know, if you get in serious trouble, we're Emily Remley here. Just give us a yeah, send, yeah. send up a cry, and we'll obviously come and help out as much as we can. Indeed, and likewise, should the need arise, please feel free to call on the village. Thank you, thank you. Um, so I'll introduce myself and the guys, and then um, just explain that it's a wild and dangerous place, and for her and her people to keep their wits about them. 
um, and that we are looking to shore up Falk, uh, shore up New Zealand, um, and that we would appreciate if they kind of worked with us to uh, keep everyone in the general area safe. Yeah, she, she nods to that and says, uh, oh, uh, perhaps there is something you, you can help me with. And her voice is very sort of like calm and measured as she like, talks. And she says, um, perhaps you might um, perhaps you might know my brother. I believe he's settled around here somewhere. And what's his name? Uh, Leopold. Oh, Leopold. And, and at which point, obviously, because we know that Colin, unfortunately, for like real life reasons, has had to like step away from the game for the moment. Absolutely fine. You know, it is what it is. I'm going to ask for suggestions from you guys. Obviously, hopefully, you'll be able to come back into the game at some point. I'm going to ask you guys for like suggestions as to like what Leopold might be doing, because obviously, I don't just want to keep him in the background as like an NPC. So we need to sort of shuffle him off the stage temporarily, but in a way, hopefully, so that he can come back into the game when and if Colin can rejoin us. So, do you guys have any suggestions? I mean, my initial thought was like maybe he's gone to like stay with the Frost Dwarves and like help them out, or is doing some mission for them with his misery's end. Mm-hmm. Well, I I thought the obvious choice would be that he's gone back to the mainland to try and make make contact with the dwarfs, like we've talked about. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have sent someone to do it. Um, instead of sending someone, he's decided to do it himself. Okay. That sounds Crazy good to Yes. Because huh. it, it can be sort of as open-ended as you want it to be, can't it? That yep. can take a short time if it goes badly or well, or it can take a long time. Yeah. Okay, so we'll say he's gone back to, like, Ravelin to basically, like, gather some, like, dwarven settlers. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. obviously... Uh, Balmora saying like oh yeah my, my brother settled here you might know him name Leopold Savish yes that's right ah yes we know him well um, he was a travelling companion of ours for oh, indeed. many months um, you obviously passed him as you came here because he had just recently travelled back to uh, Rovaline Oh really? Um, yeah, he's looking for more um, settlers to come, uh, more colonial settlers to to join him. Um, he found some local uh, frost colonial, um, and I think they are uh, they were attacked, and their numbers are dwindling. And I think he feels that more. Uh, settlers from Rohaline could help uh, bolster their population. Um, I also think in truth he missed the company of his kin. She sort of smiles a, a little bit and takes a, a long drag on her pipe. And he says, um, well, yes, it it doesn't surprise me that my, uh, my younger brother would dash back to Rohaline to try and rouse up our people. He was always a and she pauses as though sort of thinking about how to phrase the words. He, he was always the headstrong one in our branch of the family, shall we say. Um, he, he was far more impulsive than myself. But um, he's, he's my younger brother, what can I say? 
with, with, with the will of the ancestors, uh, they'll see him safely to Rowellin and back. Indeed. Um, there is another Kalner among us um, who will be arriving tomorrow or the day after. Um, Krosnan is his name. Um, he uh, he recently ran into some trouble in the north and he has travelled with us. Um, she she sort of holds back. She's like, you let me Krosnan the blacksmith. I do not know if that is what he is called, only that he is called Krosnan, and that he was unknown to your brother. Um, but we knew him as a prospector. He says, um, yes, I, I, I've, I've heard of, a, of one of my people called Krosnan. He was a, he was a, a blacksmith from the, the Ironhold fort in a Keystone, and I think he was he was quite well renowned in certain circles. I'm not I'm not surprised my my brother hadn't heard of him. He he, he seldom paid attention to that sort of thing. But uh, I, yeah, I heard he had quite a respectable reputation as a as a smith. Ooh. Obviously, my my people do value anyone who has that level of skill in any of the sort of creative endeavors, Indeed. whether it be warfare, blacksmithing, wood carving, whatever. Hmm. Well, he'll be here in a day or two, and you can ask him if he that same Krosnan. Oh, splendid. And if he is, then I feel that we are in need of a blacksmith in the village if we are to compete for the trading that is coming. Yes, well, from from what I've heard, uh, obviously there aren't there aren't many of my people in. In the kingdom of Keystone in Rowellin, there's, there's only one of our strongholds there, bro. And obviously, the the law of Valconan is quite strong amongst our people. The promise of ancient riches and things like that. Uh, I think it's only the fact that my people are so bound to our traditions that it means there's not more of us here. Mm. The, the 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 humans seem far more willing to sort of take that initial leap and travel I myself probably wouldn't have travelled here if it hadn't been part of our commission with um, with Mr Buchanan Indeed Yeah it is a Yeah it is an interesting place uh, but very very different to Rotherly Oh indeed Indeed Take take the weather for instance. She says yes. up, like, these fat snowflakes are like falling all around. Indeed. Well, let me uh, go and see Mister Buchanan. Um, but it was a, a delight to meet you, and I look forward to uh, many more uh, encounters and uh, sessions. And with a week, I walk away. She, she smiles and sort of like tips a pipe at you, takes a uh, a puff on it, and as she breathes out, the smoke that comes out of her mouth is like a sort of purplish brown colour, and it's got like a sort of like a woody smell to it. And as you're sort of like this cloud of smoke sort of wafts around you, you find yourself feeling like your spirits just just raised a little bit. You know, things don't seem like quite as bad. 
as, as you're walking away to go and see Buchanan, like one one of the the women in leather armors come over and like talking to her. This woman walks over, and she says in, in quite a serious voice, "says Oh, you should be careful with that, um, Balmora. That's the that's the last of the dusty Abbott. I don't expect you'll be getting any more of that over here. Uh, it's, it's a miracle we managed to get any back in Raveline, given the price of it." At which point, Balamora was like, "Don't don't worry about it." Judith, it'll be it'll be fine. I'm sure we can find some other pipe weed around here, and I've got a few pinches left. It'll be fine. And then you, they they carry on talking, but you've sort of like moved out of range of the conversation. And as you get nearer to this wooden building that they uh, they sort of intonated that Buchanan was in, you can hear like voices coming from inside. Uh, Wymore and Brock, are you going with Malcolm? Are you doing something else? Is there anything you want to do while that conversation was going on? Going with Malcolm. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, 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 follow along. Okay, so you walk over, you can hear these hushed voices inside. You open the door to this, like, wooden building. Inside, there's, like, a simple table set up, like, chairs. There's a few, like, wooden chests and barrels. It's it's, it's a pretty small room, but it's, like, packed with stuff. Um, this table spread out. You can see there's, like, parchments and papers with, like, plans drawn on it, like, sort of architectural drawings for, like, buildings. And there's a couple of these, like, Laborers stood there. And as you walk in, you can see like Buchanan sat behind the table, and he's pointing at some of the diagrams, and he's like, he's going to. Well, yes, this, this, this one isn't priority, um, obviously. However, we do need to make sure the main storage barn is done before winter because we don't want any of the stock getting ruined. So, pull as many men as you need to into working on this. If we, if we can't have this building done before winter, we. We can leave that until the weather's more clement. And then he sort of stops and sort of looks up and obviously sees you guys at the door. And he's like, oh, my friends, it's good to see you. Indeed, it's good to see you. He says, yes, it's been a long time. It has. It has. I trust you had a successful journey. He says, oh, yes, yes. Um, the the crossing on the way back was a little choppier than I, I would have liked. But um, we got there and um, it took me a little while to to get all of my stock together and find suitable people to help guard me on the way back and guard the stock. But, uh, you know, we, we managed to get there in the end and uh, I'd hope to be a little bit... F- and he, at this point, he sort of, like, looks at the, the two labourers and he's like, right, okay, yes, yes you, you, can, you can carry on with this. Tell the others to start working on that. And he, like, passes them one of these plans and they sort of nod at you and head past you and start carrying on with the building. He says, yes, I'd hope to be a little bit further along by now, but the... The trip back from Raveling to here took a little bit longer than I planned, so winter was already in full force by the time we arrived. So we're a little bit all hands on the deck, so to speak, now trying to trying to get all this this stuff set up, and you know we we need a place to store the stock, and we've got it. And he sort of gestures around all the like crap that's piled around him. We've got it all in these few like small wooden buildings at the end, but we need a larger storage barn. But I'm hopeful we can at least get the main buildings built. And have a have a fairly decent setup, so when the weather lets out a bit, we can really push on with it. And I'm hopeful by the start of summer, at the latest, we can really start getting this place working and sort of turning a profit on it. Excellent. Uh, and is there anything we can do to assist? Oh, I, I can't think of anything at the moment. Um, what I could obviously, I, I pretty much came straight here. What I what I could really do with this a uh, a bit of a uh, a bit of a local information I mean, i've been hearing all sorts of strange rumors about the forts and 
strange creatures being seen abroad and bandits in the woods and sorcery to in villages to the south and all manner of strange things but because i've been i've been stuck here like overseeing this i've not really had a chance to verify any of the information i've heard so if you can shed any light on recent events in the area yes, i'd be grateful certainly i can um so uh fort kersey has been destroyed and he raises his eyebrows yes indeed um we were there for the siege it was besieged by a siege, a, you say? Yes. Um, besieged by shadow creatures of unknown origin, um, who it feels, it seems that the fort was built in one of their holy places, and they were outraged. Um, so they laid siege to the fort. We managed to fight them off. Um, but the Lord, Lord Kersey did not survive. Um, and there weren't enough survivors to remain in the fort while the fort was in this, um, uh, on this holy ground or uh, consecrated so, ground. So, so you're expecting these, these creatures, whatever they are, to return to the fort? Yes, that is our okay. expectation. Okay. Um, so our... The people of Kersey have left the fort and are traveling here. Um, and they will settle in New Zealand and we'll build up our defenses. Um, fort Eastburn, we have heard a great deal of, of news from. It's hard to know how much of it is true. Uh, it does feel like the Lord has passed away and his um, seneschal has taken control of the fort. Um, we also believe his seneschal has made a pact with him, a creature of evil. Um, his, his eyebrows like raise rapidly when you say that. He's like, really? Yes. But what are you talking about? Some sort of devil, Rio? Uh, it's very unclear to us, uh, but Brannon, uh, the devil's name is um so yeah we we were we were trying to find out what what he was up to um but we ran into a creature that was um beyond us and we lost a member of our party and um, and since then oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that was, was it anyone i knew or um, it was a young friar. I, I'm not sure you met them. It um, doesn't ring any bells, but uh, obviously I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. Where, where, where's, the, where's that where's that chatty little fellow you always had with you? Ah, him. Uh, he has travelled home to Rohaline looking for more of his kin to oh. come and settle here. Um, so, uh, yes, he has. Um so in terms of the bandits, we uh we have captured one. Uh Captain Nickel is currently explaining to him uh why the bandits should stay away from uh, New Zealand. And so we're hoping to deal with the bandit problem shortly. Um He says, Well, uh, I'm sure I'm sure Nickel managed to get something out of him. I certainly wouldn't like to cross the fellow. No, no, not right. No, all right. Um, 
And in terms of the village to the southwest of here, um, we have heard rumors of witchcraft, but ultimately we don't believe it to be true. And um, we've met the young lady in question. Um, so we will, we will, we will, we will head west and and clarify what is going on there. Um, but I, I don't think there's anything to be concerned about. Um, he says, "Well, it's funny you should say that." He says, "On the, on the ship, I, I got back here from Rowalee. I'd heard that. Uh, I, I don't know how accurate this is. I mean, it's only rumours that I heard from the people who were, were, were crewing the ship. Uh, I heard that another vessel, that they sort of knew, um, they had associates on it. Uh, shortly was arriving in Rowalee. Sorry, arriving in Barcelona shortly before us, uh, and." Uh, I heard it had some, uh, any sort of like, gives you a bit of like a knowing look, um, some church officials on it, if, if you know what I mean. I do. I do. I dislike church officials. He says, wow, yes. Uh, I, I can certainly understand that. He says, I'd heard that, uh, I heard that it was, there was a small party from uh, Tosan back in uh, back in Rowellin. Now, obviously, I, I, I'm I'm from Caystone. I um, I don't really have much to do with Tosan, but obviously they're all they're all very religious over there with their their Pope and their their church. And obviously, there was the the in the last few years there was the recent conflict between Caystone and uh, and Tosan that that only really died down when Valconum was discovered to be in Abbot inhabitable mm. again yes apparently, like apparently they, they took should... a dim view of our merchantile endeavours but well if you ask Very if you sinful. ask him, <laughs> he laughs says well if, if trying to make a living sinful I, su I suppose yes but uh, if, if you ask me well they they were just jealous of the the Caston trade routes and they were just trying to get their own hands on it I mean dress it up in religion all you want I mean obviously I I, I believe in Leander. I, I say my prayers, etc. But I find it difficult to believe that Leander would take issue with trading and merchantile endeavours. What I'll say is that the temples don't build themselves. Well, exactly. The doesn't put itself on the on the gilding. He says he sort of he sort of starts opening up. He says, "Well, it's it's funny, isn't it? How these uh, these sort of like religious nations like Tosan, they're all." They're all about the, you know, uh, the, the penitence and uh, oh, avarice and greed is a terrible thing. However, they're always passing around the collection plate and they're never short of money when it comes to building a new temple or a shrine or stuff like that. Funny how those things work out, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, at, yes, least, at least I know that the merchant prince is a greedy, uh, terrible person who's out to fleece me for every coin that they oh, can get. Oh, oh, oh yes, uh, I mean, obviously, as you know, I've, I've no love for... For, for the merchant princes, I mean, they've they've got the the trade route so locked down in Roeline, they've got such a monopoly on it, that for myself, like travelling to Valconan and trying to set up trade here, was really the only option. Either that, or effectively, he sort of chuckles, sell my soul to the merchant princes and become a cog in their huge machine, which didn't appeal to me at all, to be honest. But um, so I've no great love for them, but uh, I'm not, I'm not going to condemn them just because they're doing what they do better than anybody else. No. And like I said, 
At least they're upfront about it. Oh yeah, <laughs> you you know where you stand with them. It's just the the, the merchant princes don't pretend to be any of um, Keystone. Don't pretend to be anything other than what they are. You know that they every time you deal with them, they're going to be trying to get the best deal for themselves. But as long as you go in knowing that, everything's fine. I mean that, that that's that's the merchant way, so to speak. So, speaking of merchant ways, mm. uh, did you bring across wares, perhaps? Yeah, yes, yes, of course. Um, is there anything in particular? I mean, most of it's packed away at the minute. But um, mm -hmm. is there anything in particular you're looking for? I mean, obviously, once we, once we set up, I'd, um, I'd have to charge you like the full price for it. But um, while we're still sort of setting up, you know, just this one time, I'm sure I, if, if I've got anything you're interested, in, I'm sure I could do you a good deal on it. So, we, of course, it, we're, the answer is we're going to need everything, but... Just, well, well, I can't claim to, to have everything. Um, <laughs> I mean, there, there are limits to what I can afford to ship over from, um, from Keystone, but um, if there's anything in particular, I mean, I can see if I've got any of it in stock. I mean, it might take me a while, because like I say, everything's packed away at the moment, but uh, is there anything in particular you're, you're after? So, thinking of New Zealand, what do we want to invest in? Um, I suppose, like, getting a whole bunch of tools would then maybe allow us to, you know, like, get into, like, lumber and that kind of thing. Well, it says, like, yeah. it says well, if you're looking for... Uh... If you're looking for like woodsman's tools and general craftsman's tools, uh, it says, I do have some bundles that I've set aside. I'm not, I'm not planning on selling them individually. That makes no sense for things like axes and spades and stuff like that. But uh, I have put a number of bundles together. I mean, when we're fully up and running, they'll be going for about 25 coins. But uh, I, I could let you have a couple of bundles for 20 coins. Yeah, I feel like that probably should be a thing either that or if you've got um, materials aside from the wood uh, to build boats he says uh, well I've not really got any any um, big uh, big sort of bundles of raw materials that I bought over I mean it, it takes up too much space and obviously things like wood and stuff like that is available here mm -hmm. um, obviously we have got some building materials because we wanted to get straight on with making these buildings without the, the 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 chore of having to chop down all the wood ourselves when we got here. So we do have some spare building materials. I'm sure it'd take me a little while to work out exactly what we can spare, but I'm sure I'm sure we could maybe work out a, an agreement on some building materials. Like I say I, I'd need a while to work out exactly what we can afford to to sell effectively. I don't want to leave ourselves short, especially with the winter coming in. What about um, sails? Yeah, cloth. Mm. It says, oh, yeah, yes, we've got plenty of cloth. I can, I can do a deal and sort out some cloth, that's not a problem. I think Malcolm Brock, we do want to get some industry going. Yes, what are we going I, to do? I think the lumber, the lumber mill type idea is the best. Being next to the water, boat building, 
you know, setting up new homes, everyone's going to want yeah, a wood, basically, for, for most things. So, um, tools it is. So, we're, right, we're going yeah. to look into buying basically what you can spare. Yeah, he yeah, shows you like some bundles of tools that he's got, and the bundles are like have like a few spades in them, a few picks, a couple of axes, your standard sort of like generic pack of workman's tools. And he says, Oh, yeah, we're gonna be selling them for like 25 gold pieces. He says, But I can make you have like two or three of them for, for 20 at the moment, given our like our sort of close relationship. If, if you are buying them though, I'd appreciate you know, if anyone asks, you know, let them know where you got them. Word of word about advertising, still one of the best. Yeah, no problem. We'll take three. Um, um, fine. So you make a note. You've got three sets of like craft tools, effectively, and it'll cost you sixty gold pieces. He says, uh, with regards to the, the the raw materials, if you can, if you can give me a day or two to finish what we're doing here, um, then we can sort of. We can have things unpacked. We've nearly finished the the main storage barn, uh, and once we've got everything unpacked, we can we can more accurately take stock, and then we can. I'm sure we can work out a deal. This. He says, hey, "Just if you just give me a." And he, he sort of looks around, and he he takes out like a quill, and he just sort of like unfurls some parchment. He says, um, "What sort of raw materials are you looking for?" And I, I know what to keep an eye out for when we're unpacking the stuff. Uh, tar. Nails, nails. Uh, we established cloth. Um, yep. Rope. Okay, rope. And that's all you need for a boat, right? Yeah, we're not going for extremely complicated or big. Yeah, just to keep close to the. Yeah. Uh, the enough to yeah. maybe. So we'll say three boats as a yeah. whole. Okay, three boats. Well, yes. If you if you can swing back past in a a couple of days when we're when we're sorting a when we're sorting everything out to go in the storage barn. Uh, when we come across any of this, when we're unpacking, I'll uh, I'll lay some aside for you, and um, we'll, obviously we can we can haggle over the price later. That that's fine. Of course, of course. That's the best bit, isn't it? He says, "He says, wow. I'll be perfectly honest with you, Mister Harpy. I, I, I didn't really envision myself being like the foreman of a work site. Uh, so uh, it, it is actually nice to do a bit of trading. You know, I mean, that, that's my bread and butter, so to speak. So, uh, it, it, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I'll be glad once all this construction is finished and." Uh, we can get into the serious business of. I know it's going to be a while because of the weather and whatnot in the winter, but uh, I'm hoping to persuade um, to persuade the um, the young lady uh, outside. Uh, you know, um, Bolomar. I'm hoping to uh, persuade her and her people to stay on. Uh, obviously, like as you did with your home village, we're going to need guards. We're going to need a bit of protection. You know, make sure no one robs any of our stocks. So I'm hoping to persuade them to stay on but um you know you never can tell with these with these sort of people you know they get a bit of wanderlust into them and they, they want to be moving and not settling down um whereas I, i'm really looking for a sort of firmer commitment i mean I'm, I'm obviously hoping to grow this this trade post and make it a a profitable business venture yeah 
So speaking of of trade uh, and, and being honest as well, mm. um, and setting trade aside, uh, <gasps> he sort of like he goes like <gasps> with like mock sort of shock and horror, and then then he laughs. I said, like, "Oh, that's good. We we should we should look into having a. Eventually, we're going to need, you know, culture. Just so I'm I th I'm, I'm thinking theater." Oh, um, As I like look at these these sort of performances, I, 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 I don't know anything about theatre. I did have one thought, which was one of the reasons I called to your your New Zealand when I first got back here. Do you remember when we first met? And it was at that sort of crude trade meet. Mm -hmm. There was a well, I know we didn't meet there, but I was heading there, and then we went there after you met. And you were kind enough to to guard me on the way there. I, I was hoping that maybe when the weather's a little better, we could uh, we could perhaps arrange something in the area of this trading post and obviously your New Zealand, as you were as you said, having trade going through the area would benefit your your home village as well as myself. And if we organise a trade meet, encourage other traders to come here. Obviously, people who come here they'll they'll need places to stay. They'll need food, mm -hmm. the various services that perhaps we don't provide as traders, but I'm sure your uh, your people in your village could help to provide. So it might be a, as we say, it's, I'm, I'm sure you know, as we say in case, it might be a, a a nice little earner for us all. Yes, I think as well, it, it it's going to happen eventually. So we might as well get in on the. On the ground floor, so to speak, and um, well, you say trade me, uh, I, I'll, I'll say yes. festival. So <laughs> let's we'll, we'll have the whole deal uh, as as well as trading, you know. Well, why not uh, performances? Well, when I was back in Rohanian, obviously now, now like the first wave of settlers have arrived, and um, reports of started to like trickle back from various people returning up like myself uh, and people have started to learn that well you're not going to be killed by horrible creatures as soon as you step off the boat i would expect that certainly when when we start getting around to summer i would be surprised if there's not a further wave like a second wave of settlers looking to to make their mark in a valcona and obviously they're going to need to get they're not going to be able to bring all of their equipment and their necessities with them so they're going to be looking to to find somewhere to settle they're going to be looking for somewhere to buy equipment they're going to need to find out the news that's going on and as you say if we can if we can sort of get in on the ground floor and have it all ready for them when they arrive here i th i mean it, it it may take a while but i think we could really but between the the trade post i'm building at the minute and your your established, well-protected village, I think that we could really expand both of them and r really sort of make a go of it. I mean, I don't know if you have any, any desire or any goal to expand New Zealand into a, a town or a, with, with a will of the and maybe even a, a small city far in the future. I'd say that is exactly the the goal. Eventually, just, the, 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 the way the way I'm sort of looking at it at the minute, and 
why, why as well as our friendship I agreed to, to build a trade post near New Zealand is I envisioned that eventually should this work uh, New Zealand and the trade posts will sort of expand into each other and will become one sort of area and then obviously expand outwards from there Yes. Um, but I tell you, and, when, the, when these new settlers are, I mean, you, you know yourselves. When you when you first arrived here, there was nothing here. You had to you had to build your village from scratch. Everything had to be done sort of agonisingly and manually. Whereas if this second wave can turn up, and we're like, well, here's New Zealand. It has buildings available. You know, pay pay your taxes and your bills and whatever. Oh, and if you want to explore further, we can sell you the equipment you need to do that. I think we could be onto a good thing. Yes, it's a, it's a highly attractive thing to have walls. But, but indeed, so. I mean, <laughs> especially given I think the thing that probably discouraged uh, a lot of people from coming over in the first wave is was the unknown quantity, the the dangers of Valcona. Whereas if when people arrive and you can say, well, settle here for a time. We've got nice safe walls and people protecting it. You know, we we've got openings for people with uh, particular skills. You know, smiths, uh, carpenters, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. You know, if people are just passing through, I, I know you don't have one at the minute, but maybe an inn or something like that, like we have mm-hmm. back in. Oh yes, they're they're, they're they're a good money spinner back in Keystone. Yep. Uh, common halls will be a thing yes. to look into for, uh, you know, the spring. Exactly. Because uh, we we need place to house people. Yes, but, I mean we're. We're talking sort of long term here, obviously. Yes, of course, of course. And I do appreciate a man with a with an eye on the horizon. And with that in mind, uh, setting trade aside for a minute, as I was saying, um, given what's coming in the colder period, negotiations and and trade and all that uh, aside, if you need to. If there is danger, you're running out of food, whatever it is, you come on over to New Zealand. We'll we'll get the gates open, no questions. You bring your people in. What I don't want is for us to have an arbitrary distinction here uh, no. to be confounded by, mm. well, you know, your your operation being separate from our own. Well, uh, I, I'll I'll be honest with you. What what I was hoping. To, to suggest to you all is if uh, assuming you have space obviously is we, we're effectively going to make this as secure as we can and you've seen the people I've hired to guard it and what I was going to suggest is that if most of us decamp to, to New Zealand when the real cold weather sets in and then as long as we do occasional patrols to make sure the, the security is fine with the storehouses we have here and the uh, We've, I, I've, I've spent quite a lot of money on getting locks and chains and such like. And um, one of them, um, one of them, um, Balamora's um, people has uh, other ways of sort of securing uh, the uh, the premises. So, uh, if you're in agreement, I I would certainly not be uh, adverse to, in return for for your generosity in allowing us to weather the winter in New Zealand. Uh, giving a, a sort of I suppose semi-permanent discount to to people from New Zealand who are who are trading with us I mean obviously we'd still need to make a profit but 
you know we we we, we can discount the margins a little bit it's in, as a as a thank you for your people um putting us up over the winter and to encourage the the, the relationship between our trading post and uh, new zealand because as as we said hopefully eventually they'll become one sort of larger whole that will be greater than the two separate parts yes entirely and it's an investment on our part as well oh, yes, in of course. having you here in the spring instead of coming up when the snows melt a little bit and finding a field of corpses well, well yes and it, as, we, as we discussed originally when the idea of when, when you asked me to set the trade post up here it seems very beneficial for both parties that that we can we can make this this close relationship between the village and the trading post work until they're effectively no longer separate entities for all intents and purposes and it, obviously it, be, a... it benefits us because obviously they like say you have the walls and you have the protection and hopefully our trade will bring more revenue into your uh, your village and you'll be able to expand it and you'll benefit from it as well everyone seems to be a winner mm -hmm. yeah malcolm brock sound good yeah absolutely um uh tell me buchanan would you pay half the cost of a road between new zealand and the trading post to make travel easier yeah yes i'd um uh, I'd, I'd certainly be willing to uh chipping my fair share on that uh, yeah it, it only seems it only seems a rational thing to do since it'll it'll speed converse backwards and forwards between us and uh, like you say it'll effectively bridge this gap that we're hoping to eventually get rid of entirely so yes it it, it could only seem to be a benefit for both parties involved so I, i'd certainly be prepared to put in my fair share and obviously yeah. I, once we've once we built all of this obviously i'll have a lot of so i've hired fairly skilled labourers to help build all of this obviously once this is done I'll have labourers available so rather than just dismissing them or just having them like doing nothing I'd rather set them to something productive so how about we pay you for the materials and you can provide the labour that, that sounds reasonable Was there, was there anything else? Um, I, I probably really should get back to, to supervising the building efforts. Like I said, we really we're a little bit under that hammer because the, the the journey back was a little bit slower than I'd hoped. To be honest, uh, no, I think that's all we have. Uh, it's very good to see you. And likewise, and obviously, you, you know, it shakes all of your hands. Now, 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 correct me if I'm wrong. Has has Buchanan actually met Brock? I don't think he has. Nah, I mean this is all. I think this is even before Brother Lomas. Yeah, I'm time. pretty sure it was. Yeah, so he so, so he sort of um, he moves. Right, he shakes. Um, he shakes Malcolm's hand. He, sh he shakes Wyoming's hand. Then as he sort of moves to you, Brock, he says, "Oh, uh, 
I, I don't believe we met. Uh, he holds out his hand and he says, uh, uh, Hercules Buchanan, uh, old, old, uh, merchant, uh, K-Stone originally, uh, old friend of uh, Mr. Harps and uh, Mr. Lone Groves here. Yeah. Any I'm... any friend of theirs? Any friend of theirs? He says, sort of shaking your hand. Yeah, I'll shake my hand. Uh, you, you're, 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 a, you're a local, aren't you? Um, I, I've, I've, I've seen him. Ice Walker? Yes, I've I've been here since before the the weather turned particularly bad, uh, and uh, we st- we stayed throughout. He says yes, sir. But back, back when I first arrived, and I was at uh, I was at the fort. I there were a few of your people uh, helping to defend the fort. Um, good, 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 good fellows. Good, good, strong fellows. Unfortunately, there's not many of us, and we are spread a little thin. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you, uh, Miss Mister Brock. Uh, likewise, I'm sure we'll be, uh, by the sounds of it, doing a lot more business in the future. Oh, indeed, that that that's certainly my hope. Well, anyway, I, I won't keep you any longer. It's um, it's it's good to see you all again and to meet you, of course, uh, Mister Brock. Uh, but I, I best get back to um, supervising the building efforts, and he sort of like, excuses himself. And, Goes back to his supervision. Ooh. You hear him like shouting at a couple of the labourers, like, "No, no, no! You need to lift that beam up there. You know, it needs to be higher, higher." Um, should we check out these messengers, or do we want to see how Cotton has gotten on with our rash friend? Oh, we could split up, I guess. Dun dun dun. The only, yeah, the only thing I was thinking is maybe what information he's found might be useful to them if we wanted to relay that information. Well, I think what since you guys uh, to give you guys a bit of time to think about it, since we're like roughly halfway through, why don't we have like a five minute convenience break, refresh your drinks, use the conveniences, etc. We'll come back, we'll have a little discussion, and then we'll jump on to what you guys want to do next. Cool, sounds okay, good. Back in five. Right. Just wait for Rob to get back and then we'll uh, crack on. Oh. And obviously, don't forget, you guys still potentially have the treasure cache to investigate that you were talking about. Yes, yeah, just whether that's um, the same focus or if things that have come up are taking over. Well, that, that, that's entirely down to you guys. I mean, obviously, the 
the idea of having this sort of sandboxy style game is that you guys determine what you want to go and look at. Oh yeah, until uh, until this evening, obviously some of those other things hadn't. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, hadn't developed. So you have to do it as things come up, I guess. Importance. That's it. Yeah, it just depends what's important to you as a group. And obviously, yeah. you, you go for what you think is important. Yeah. yeah. Did you manage to find another player for Thursday night? At all? Or... Yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, that's good. I mean, I'd like to play, but I just can't wangle it. Yeah. Really. Currently, uh, it's it's wonderful that we can have Thursday and Friday, but it's very, very, very apparent that we cannot move a single person from one day to the other yeah. at all. It's, it's right. locked in. But we can have both days, but we're locked in. Well, that's, I mean, as you know, Johannes, we've been chatting about games recently, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to run, like, some World of Darkness, or, like, mm-hmm. I'd love to, like, I'd love to do some more stuff in, like, the Midlands as well, but we just, like, don't have the time or, like, the player base to, like, mm-hmm. cram any any additional games in. Don't have the power. That's it, man. Okay, right, we're all back in the room. So, yeah, you've, you've finished with them. Um, Hercules Buchanan, is there anything else you want to do in and around like the construction site of the trade post? No, I think we just want to see Cotton and then yeah. where we might have to go and whether they're both in the same direction or or not. Take from there. Just, just before we leave, does it look like they're doing a good job out of interest? Yeah, it looks like they're doing a pretty good job. It looks like, as he said, he's hired some skilled craftsmen to like work on it. I mean, obviously there's there's different levels of people. There are just like normal labourers there, which is like the fetching and carrying and stuff. But you see, like at least a couple of people who are like obviously got some carpentry skill, and there's um, there's other people around who are obviously like more skilled craftsmen. But do I think they're winterproofing it suitably for the conditions that are about to hit them? In my experience, I mean, obviously you've got experience in the Valcona winters, like the the deep Valcona winters, because we're in like the first mm. month. This is like. This yeah, is, yeah. you know, this is nothing. It's going to get a lot worse from here out. So you think like they're doing the best job they can to prepare it for winters that they're used to, right? But you're like, uh, it might be all right, but when you get it like might. into like the deepest months of winter, like it's heavy on Valcona. Well, before I leave, I might just give him a a bit of advice on what he might, you know, what he might come to expect when the, the heavy snowfall sort of sets in and stuff with regards to, you know, how much weight is going to be on the roof. And I won't know all the ins and outs, but I can sort of give them advice. Yeah, um, Buchanan will happily take your advice. Obviously, he knows you're, he knows you're a, a local, you're an ice walker, you guys are used to this terrain and these conditions. There's no reason to, like, doubt the advice that you're giving him, and he, he's certainly happy to take, like, any pointers. So he, um, he he sort of nods and he says um, he'll make some revisions to his plans based on what you've told him. Yeah, yeah. But he, he thanks you for that. Okay. Yep. And uh, happy to head back. Okay. So what's next on the agenda, guys? Cotton, I think, so that we can uh, 
find out where these guys are and then make a decision on which to uh, deal with. Okay, so you head over to to Cotton and just to sort of like speed you through it a little bit, he basically tells you that they've like interrogated this bandit and he you find out that this bandit that you've captured was actually formerly like a criminal, like a prisoner at um, Fort Eastburn and apparently recently there was I suppose you'd call it like a jailbreak really, like where a lot of the prisoners sort of like teamed up and escaped now they didn't stick together as like a sort of single unit, they all sort of scattered and went their own way in like smaller little groups you know, fleeing into the forests and the hills and stuff like that to make them more difficult to track um, Cotton says the, the break, although the guy he's pretty sure the guy he interrogated doesn't know the exact reason for like the breakout he says there was some like apparently there was some like disturbing rumors about like some of the other prisoners like going missing, or like rumors that like Brannon was like and his people were like doing something to like the prisoners, and like eventually that spurred all the prisoners who were previously like a disparate group of like ragtags or criminals and ne'er do wells. It sort of spurred them to like briefly sort of join together to stage this like jailbreak, going like, off. Oh, we all break for it at the same time. They'll catch some of us, but there's no way they can catch all of us. And then if we scatter to all like different directions, there's no way they're gonna have like enough people to like chase us all down. And obviously like a few of them have sort of like grouped together afterwards and they're like, right, well we've got no money, we don't really have anywhere to live, now we're outside the fortress. So a lot of them have just turned to like out and out banditry. And did he have any idea where his fellows were camping? He says uh, that they move around in the woods a lot because they. He says that they believe that probably Brannon's people are still probably looking for them, so they tend to move around a lot. He says, given how much time has passed now, that they've probably moved on from where they were previously. Okay. Well, they won't survive the winter, right? Nicole thinks it's unlikely. Okay. He says that's probably why the attacks have actually stepped up because they're getting like a bit desperate because they're realizing like how bad the weather's getting and that they they haven't got like a nice fort to like stay in now. Yeah, so hopefully they won't be able to really mount anything dangerous to us. Obviously, Nicole asks what you want him to do with the um, the prisoner. Short drop with a sudden stop. He's up. I've got no problems with that. He's up by all accounts. He's he's a criminal anyway. He says, uh, "I'm not sure what um, I'm not sure what McCord will think about it." Because you know what, with um, her and her group being effectively criminals, outcast from Eastburn, you know, if we just stop executing people, well, says, maybe have a chat with her and see what she thinks. Okay. Um, for me, he's attacked the, the fort. Right, uh, he's killed some of our people and some of her people. Yeah, the fact there was casualties ups yeah. the uh, ante somewhat. I feel. He says, um, "He says, yeah, I'll have a, a talk and record about it." Um, cool. And uh, also, let's let's not, you know, bypass the fact that there's no law here. We are setting it out now. 
Mm. There's no criminals. There's no law-abiding citizens. Yeah, there's, there's no, no like courts law. of justice or anything like that. No one is imposing anything on anyone. So we're operating on custom, right? So let's, you know, if someone attacks New Zealand, they're for all intents and purposes criminal to us, and will be treated as such. I think, uh, and I don't think anyone is going to have a lot of problems with that. But let, like we've established, let's talk about this. But let's. Make that very clear. There's there's no lord currently that is capable of establishing law here. Mm. Yeah, he Cotton agrees that he'll, he'll have a word with McCord about it. He says he's personally got no problems if someone attacks the fort, especially if they've killed people, as they have. He's got no problem with putting them out of their misery so to speak because he's like what's the alternative if we if we kick him out of here as you said he's not going to survive the winter yeah and plus, plus he might he might be praying if we leave him out of here he might just hook up with his friends again and start praying on other people yeah so he's got no problem with that he's just sort of like oh yeah it's quite handy having like McCord and all of her people here if we just sort of like hang this guy is it going to cause problems with them? But he's like, I'll have a word with them. We'll sort something out. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Use your best judgment. Where, uh, of course. Hmm. So, do we want to look into these messenger group just to see what sort of setup they got, numbers, etc.? Or I think so. Before we move, um. Because they're close. Mm. What do you think, Weimar? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's good to get all the admin sort of done around this part, I guess. Yeah, just make sure they're not a danger to us and that they understand that we rule the roost and... Yeah, so... uh... Investigation there. Eh? Yeah, absolutely no problems at all. You you follow the directions that you've been given to this sort of like messenger camp, I suppose. I say it's to the sort of northeast of uh, where your home is located. sort of ping that on the map to show you roughly where it is so it's about there so you guys head over that's not a problem nothing eventful happens on your way there when you arrive you see it's a very small sort of encampment, you know, like a few wooden buildings, uh, nothing that particularly stands out. There's like a small stable, there's a few horses there, there's a a few people sort of like milling around. What do you want to do? How, how do you approach? How do you go about it? Is, is there any signs of actual people there? we can see yeah some. yeah there's people there's people like milling around sort of caring for the horses stuff like that 
I mean, there's no sort of defences of any note. No, there's no like. It, it's like I say, it's literally a cluster of small wooden buildings. Yeah. And like a, a sort of a slightly larger stable building. Well, I think we'll just uh, just make it obvious that we're we're there and just looking to speak to someone. You know, you don't want to sneak up or make anyone nervous. Yeah. No problem at all. You, you you ask around a bit, and eventually you're you're introduced to someone who's in a a sort of I suppose position of authority, and you're introduced to a man by the name of Rufus Onion. Who sort of he's a fairly young man. He's wearing like pretty nice clothes. Um, you can see he's obviously you will know this. Uh, Weimar, you recognise that he's wearing the like the livery of like one of the minor sort of courier guilds from Valconan. Uh, one of like the lesser ones, not one of the big sort of players. As you walk over, he, he sort of walks up and he says, uh, "Oh, uh, pleased to meet you. Uh, I've uh, my, my people tell me you want to uh, you want to discuss something with me. Uh, onion, Rufus Onion." Yeah, uh, I'll introduce myself and the others. Uh, my name's Brock. We are um, oh, splendid, splendid. Just reaching out. We uh, we've travelled from New Zealand just to the southwest from here. He says, "Oh, yeah, yes. Um, where, where the little the, the blue fellow is? Yes, yes. He, he came over here. Uh, must be a, a few days ago now." Uh, Wanting to talk about potentially using some of our our riders to, uh, to do a bit of sort of scouting and information gathering for him, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, we just wanted to see, um, you know, what sort of setup you've got. Um, well, I'm, just I'm afraid it's a bit, uh, it's a little bit makeshift and sort of bare bones at the minute. But you know, uh, we we sort of done the best we can with what we've got. Uh, obviously, we're hoping to expand at some point in the future. Uh, but we we had hoped that uh, we'd be able to secure work and uh, a good deal of business from the the from east the, the forts eastburn and Curcia, but obviously i'm sure you by now you've heard the rumors of what's going on at those uh we're we're currently investigating whether we can we can maintain sort of business lines between the uh the two forts um Eblis and hawk further to the north hmm. uh, but it, we, we've not been able to formalize any arrangements yet and um, i've sent riders off there to try and speak to the um the lords of those forts, but um, they've not returned yet. But we're hopeful. We're hopeful. Mm. Well, I'd be cautious. The uh, the weather will be turning soon, much worse than yes, you see yes. now. So uh, I assume you're not from. Well, you certainly don't look from around these parts. <laughs> no, no, no. We're we're originally um, we're originally from Raveline. Well, um, we extend a welcome from New Zealand and. Should you need anything, uh, you know where to find us. Oh, splendid! Thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, absolutely splendid. Uh, we obviously we've not formalised our sort of our rates yet in terms of carrying messages, carrying parcels, etc. Um, but we, once we've sort of finalised that, obviously, if, if you need anything, any messages carrying, like small parcels, couriering around anywhere. Feel free to let us know. I'm sure, I'm sure we can work something out. I'm sure there'd be some some need for some of these services in the future. Certainly, 
Splendid, but, uh, splendid. Yeah, we're also we know we know the infrastructure in Valconan isn't really here at the minute, but uh, we're hoping that once things start settling down, and I expect more people are going to arrive when the warmer weather comes. Uh, if the uh, if the merchant fellow we've been speaking to is anything to go by, uh, we're hoping that that will see a, an influx of business for us. And uh, well, to, as um, as the merchant Buchanan was um, saying to us when we spoke to him, uh, if we can sort of get in there on the on a ground level as as Balconan habitation expands, hopefully we can expand with it and we'll we'll be able to gain a boost of uh, capital for our outlet, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, we will certainly be looking to to grow New Zealand as well, so um, splendid, good splendid. to make contacts early, like you say. But, um, things will shut down for a while during the winter. So yes, yes, sure uh, prepared. Uh, yes, yes. Of course, we of course we we understand that. Um, we're, we're, I know we're taking a slight risk, sort of setting up this late over here. But we really thought that if we left it too late, and when we came over with the this this supposed second wave of colonists, there will surely be other businesses looking to set up, and uh, then we'll be in direct competition with them. Hopefully, if we set up now, we can get a bit of a bit of a leg up, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, you can be able to. Put down your roots. That's it, exactly. Splendid. I see. I, I see. You you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so while we're talking, just have a general look round. You know, sort of how many people there are. And... There's there's probably about a dozen people or so. Okay. And they are they equipped in any way for dealing with any sorts of threats? You know, you know any sort of weapons. Everyone you see appears to have at least like a short sword on them, and you see a couple of people with like bows, like unstrung, but like over their backs. So that they, I mean, they're not like a military unit, but they do have weapons. So they're obviously like, I mean, it's you expect it's mainly for use against hostile animals and stuff like that. But they are, they do have like the basics nailed down effectively. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, is there anything else we need to ask these these guys? Um, Master Onions, Onion. Uh, yes. Would you consider setting up closer to New Zealand? He says, "Oh, um, if, if you'd have, if you'd have only asked us that a, a week or two ago, perhaps. But we, we've already started building the, these buildings. We'd we'd have to disassemble them and rebuild them all again." Yeah, I just I don't know how long you've been here, but I fear that you're not. You're not ready for what the winter will bring and uh, creatures and enemies that will uh, attack you. Um, he says, well, again, it's uh, it, it's not a matter of a lack of willingness. Uh, I think it's just a matter of we, we don't really have the the manpower and the time to, to pull down all these buildings and rebuild them closer to your settlement. Or, otherwise... Yes, but I, I can see what you're saying makes makes a good deal of sense. I mean, it, it sounds like it would be a splendid idea, but uh, like I say, it's just a matter of having the manpower and the the time and the equipment to to relocate. Okay, well, look when the creatures come and they destroy your outpost. You know, just remember that you're always welcome to join us in New Zealand. Oh, well, th- thank you. I mean, I mean, if you've got if you've got manpower to spare and people who could assist perhaps perhaps we could relocate a little closer uh yeah we we would but would you 
be willing to pay for those services? He says, well, well that would depend entirely on how much you're asking, to be perfectly honest. I um, think we'd be asking for a pretty reasonable rates. What, what, what sort of price are we talking? A ballpark figure? Uh, so I guess then, I don't know, John, what we're looking for is like, I don't know, 10 people, average rate per day for whatever the number of days we think it would be. So something, I don't know, so... Well, it's two. It's two gold a day per person, right? Yep. Roughly. So, if it's ten people, that's twenty gold a day. If you reckon it's two weeks work, that's well, two hundred. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he said, "Well, make me a um, make me a charisma check." Uh, right. Uh, what is your charisma like, Malcolm? Oh, deliver that. Oh, take that. That is a success. Okay, at which point he says, um, he says, well, um, he says, that, that all sounds quite reasonable. Um, if, if I upped it to, if I upped it to 300 gold pieces, would you be able to put more people on it? We could potentially get it done quicker. I think we would be able to spare 15 people, yeah. He says, uh, "Well, uh, done and done." Then he he go, goes into like his sort of chest, hands you like a pouch of um, three hundred gold pieces. Brilliant. He says, "Just just just send send your people up here. We'll uh, obviously I'll like, get some of my people to chip in as well, and we'll um, we, we've not got very deep foundations. Is there any wooden buildings? So." Uh, if you can send us that many people, we can we can relocate. How close were you envisioning that we'd be located to your uh, to your town? I think within a mile or two on the east side. Um, say about here, um, so that the ships the ships will be coming into our onto the pier. They'll be able to drop messages off to you. We'll be able to get our messages to you, uh, and more importantly, you'll be within the the safety net that we're creating or you know for a mile or two miles around the village um to keep the creatures and monsters away it's a yeah yes that sounds absolutely splendid uh, so he, he gives you the 300 gold pieces he agrees that like you know you send the people over he'll chip some of his people and he says it, with that amount of people it'll probably take about a week and a half to like relocate everything but he says he's certainly happy to do that and it does make sense with the winter coming in, you know, consolidate things. So yeah, yeah. He, he agrees to that. He sort of signs on the dotted line. Cool. Um. Cool. So I think we'll just head back and then get some people to send up to them. And yeah, no problems. You've got plenty, plenty of people at New Zealand. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a problem organising that. Okay, so we'll give Cotton the money and tell him to find 15 people to go up and get these guys to come down to safety and not to be living in the middle of nowhere on their own. Um, yeah, he says he says that's absolutely fine. He'll, he'll see to it straight away. Cool. Okay. So all that's in the offing, obviously, after this session... I'll effectively make a clock for that and I'll sort of tick that off so we know, it, like I did for Buchanan going back and coming back, 
Tavalkonen, yeah. so we'll know exactly when that's finished. But that's in progress straight away. Cotton starts getting that underway. Cool. Okay. Uh, okay, so how do we feel about visiting Deerson on our way to the treasure trove? Is that to investigate the witch type reports or just to see how they're doing with regards to the bandits? I think that might be to murder the church officials. But definitely investigate the witch, right? Entirely up to you guys. Well, if there is a witch, then Brock would want to get rid of it. Yes, and we already have one threat in, in that category in the form of the who knows where that person is now but the former sort of power behind the lord yes so we don't want too many of these threats that we, no. we don't know how to address running around well is, isn't he taken over eastbourne who knows what's going on? <laughs> I thought he was. The... You, you, basically, you guys have heard rumours that the that Lord Eastburn died and Seth Bran and his seneschal has taken over. But obviously, none of you have been there, so you don't know how accurate that is. But that's what you've heard. But he was the, he was the voice in the ear, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. And he's obviously well from the reports that we've heard just just now. They're obviously using. Uh, people to do some sort of horrible experiments and whatever he's doing up in those mountains that you were investigating um but i don't think i don't think i'm I, I don't think i've got any knowledge of that at all to be honest i think that was all brother loma so um yeah i mean i'm i'm happy to investigate dear son because we've sort of got to go west at some point, it would just be a slightly less direct route, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. So, you guys heading to Deer Sun. So, you're traveling what? So, it's going to be one. Could take you about three days. So, I mean, we. So we might as well set off from New Zealand tomorrow. You know, we might as well use the comforts of our yeah, yeah, yep, our home for at least the evening. Yep. So if if you're travelling from New Zealand, obviously you can eat before you leave on the first day, so it's only going to take you like two rations per person. Okay. And who are we? We should hire a team sir, to drive the car, right? Yeah, because we're still travelling on afterwards, aren't we, too? Yeah. Hopefully. Recovering stuff. And then... Your mate is there as well, right? Gordon. Sinclair. He's the lone survivor, isn't he? He is. He actually needs to be levelled up when we're finished as well. Um, okay, so I think we'll hire a teamster and then a the tree of us and Gordon. Is that enough? Do we want to hire two of McCord's people? Is 
I don't know with these bandits in the area, they might need a bit of yeah. muscle left. So let's just take Gordon and a teamster, and we should be fine. Yeah, that's fine. Hiring a teamster is not a problem. Plus, you're doing all this building work, so we're spreading them a bit thin, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like I say, it's going to take three days, so I'll make a few uh, quick rolls, see if anything occurs on the way across. No, you're fine. So, yeah, so passes fairly uneventfully. You get to the edge of dear son and as you're as you're heading towards dear son you see on the very outskirts is what appears to be a skeleton fastened to a pole there is a, a slight sort of acrid smell lingering around the skeleton you can see like the bones are like charred and blackened and it appears to have been set on the the path that leads to this and almost like some sort of grisly warning. Hmm. I see some witch hunter folks getting their heads cut off. That's, that's if you think they're still there. <laughs> Doesn't matter where they are. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay uh, so. Can we tell that it we think it's the artist. Is there any way, like the body? It, it's literally know. just like bones. It's like burnt to almost just, just like the bones, basically, with like a shoved on a pole, sort of Vlad the Impaler style. So it's very difficult to tell. Okay. So I guess we want to try and come into town surreptitiously. That's the word. Um, and try and find the adventurer lady whose name I can't remember. Okay, that's fine. So make me a... Make me Ariana. A, yeah, make me a sort of like your sneak, like slash, like move silently roll. Okay. Uh, that's a fail, isn't it? Yes, fail. Okay, so you start making your way into the town and on the outskirts you can see there is a a robed figure and you also see Ariana the white-haired sort of female soldier ex-leader of the um, the Delvers of the Twin Knights and she appears to be having like a, a very sort of like loud argument with this figure in the, the robes like she's like jabbing her finger at him and there's obviously like very harsh words being banded between them and as you get a bit nearer you can sort of catch the gist of the conversation and she's basically giving him a dressing down saying you know that, that there's no evidence of witchery in dear son she thinks what they've done is disgraceful if she had her way it would be them on the pole she thinks they should be like run out of town and it's only because she's she's a good follower of like leander that she's not like stepped in herself and like dealt with this matter She's like, oh, if, she, if she was a few years younger, she wouldn't be standing here having a conversation with him about this. And this figure's going back. He's, uh, he's basically saying, oh, you know, they're, they're sanctioned by Leander and um, his prophet in this world at Tosan. 
and they've they've been called here by the grace of Leander to ensure that the the deep-rooted seed of witchery, debauchery, devilry does not take seed in Valconan and that the, the homelands of the people, the free peoples, remain pure in the eyes of Leander, that sort of thing. And they've not spied you yet because they're properly going at each other. Okay, and so we don't think that this is the father, Aben, the priest. We think that this is one of the newly arrived. Okay. What's he wearing? Is he like a priest or is he like a knight or something? He's, he's wearing sort of vestments that you would typically associate with a priest, almost like monk's robes sort of deal. One thing you do notice about them is they're... The robes are white, although obviously they're a little bit dirty, you know, because they've been travelling across Falconan and stuff like that. You do notice that the around the sort of trim of the hood and the actual sort of hem of the robe, there's like a, a deep crimson sort of like flame pattern embroidered in it. And as you're sort of getting a bit nearer, like I said, they've still not spotted you. You hear the the priest, as, as he may or may not be, says, but as she's like, oh, if I was a few years younger, I would deal with this and we would not be having a conversation. I would just be dealing with this. And when she, when Ariana says that, you're under a little doubt what she means when she says dealing with you. And this priest goes back and he says, um, he says, well, I would expect any good Leander-fearing people to thoroughly support our efforts to to rout out this devilry and this witchery in this land where the air of ancient wickedness hangs heavy about it but and then he sort of like looks at her and he there's an obvious implied threat to what he says but he said like, but perhaps the the root of darkness runs deeper in this place than we had suspected i would advise you to pray to leander and not interfere with our holy work lest the divine eye of the golden Leander turn upon yourself and lay bare your sins. And you can see, like, Ariana's getting, like, more and more wound up. Like, every time he, like, speaks, she's looking like she's getting more ready to, like, smack him around the jobs. You can see okay. like, it, it's, it's fit. You see it's, like, physically taking, like, an effort of will for her to, like, hold herself back from just being, like... Yeah, I think Brock would be a, a similar sort of viewpoint of that, and I'll be looking at Weimar and Malcolm, waiting for the nod, basically, because he'll be getting slightly redder of, of face. So, yeah, so I think, disliking Leander, as I do anyway, that knowing that that's probably tricks the artist and, like, sort out, I want to just cut this guy down in the street. I'm like, we've already agreed that we are the law, right? I mean, we all heard what we wanted to hear, I guess. <laughs> and then we all took something different away from that. Yeah, uh, yeah so I full on want to cut this guy down. If... 
that's fine. Yeah, I mean, contacts, nobody minds. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to just cut him in half straight away, but you definitely want to put a stop to what nonsense is going on. Well, I mean, they, 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 don't, they don't know you're there, so you can sort of act before they realise you're there. That's That's fine. Well, yeah, I'm just I'm just looking for the nod. Yeah. All right, so that's a twenty-two to here. Oh yeah, that's definitely it. <clears throat> How much damage are we talking? Six. Six. Okay. Let me just check whether you have cut him down. No, you you've like severely injured him. It looks like a strong wind could like finish him off now. And literally, I presume you've just run in with your sword and like... Pfft. Yeah. Yeah, so you like run in, you see, you briefly see Ariana's like face, like register a look of surprise because she didn't know you there as you just like come charging in like... Pfft. Skewer this guy. He like falls backwards off your sword. You can see he's got like... Like your sword's literally gone like through him. There's like blood soaking into his like white robes. He falls... He falls back to the ground, sort of muttering a prayer to like Leander as he like collapses back at backwards. You can see he's gone pale, so obviously like blood loss, shock, etc. He's still sort of clinging tenaciously to to life, though. What what about Brock and uh, Weimar? Obviously, you've seen Malcolm just go. Ch I mean, you don't exactly know. You pretty much know how Malcolm feels about Leander. He's not shy about telling people. You've just seen him go steaming in and like skewer this like priest. It was now like lying on the ground, like oh, by the grace of Leander, that blood just like pissing out of his side. Well, you Probably guys would do. have followed him in. Yeah. Um, so, what's the, uh, the immediate reaction on <laughs> on the scene here? Okay, so so as you're charging, you can see this guy lying on the ground. But basically, you could like kick him in the side of the head and like finish him off now if you wanted to. To the point, if anyone wants to finish him off, I'm not going to ask you to make a roll because he's got like one hit point left. And he's like lying on the floor, like bleeding profusely. Um, Ariana's still just sort of like she's taken half a step back, her face a look of shock because she didn't know you were there. That's what you see when you come steaming him. You see this guy's just like holding his side one hand and he's like holding up his other hand as though to like ward off like a second blow. I mean, I, I see uh, the ice walkers of sort of a bit more down to earth. You know, day to day, they oh, yeah, live by... they're more pragmatic, certainly. Yeah, so I don't think they're heavily religious, but y you can tell me otherwise if if you think that they they would be. Um, so I'm fine. I'm fine to run with that. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. So I mean, I, I would just I would just follow um, Malcolm in, and I'll just put a foot on his on his chest, like, and just pin him down. I know he ain't going anywhere, but okay. Um, As you run it, over to him, and you. You sort of like raise your foot up to like put it on his chest or whatever. Like his hand that he's holding up, he's like, Leander, protect your loyal servant. And as he says that, like this sort of like golden light starts like streaming out from his hand. I wish by the time I kick him in the head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I will take a step back at that. Are, are, are you are you actually trying to kill him or just knock him out? It's up to you. I want to kill him. Sorry, stop. Yeah, you. you just like kick him in the side of the head. He's like. His hand falls down, and gradually the light sort of fades away. Okay, so I guess I'll turn to Ariana and try and get her to calm down. She, she, she looks to be pretty calm. She's pulled herself together pretty quickly. It wasn't like, oh my god, you've killed someone. It's more a case of like, oh, I didn't know you were there. 
Okay. Like she, she doesn't appear to be that upset by the fact you've just like off this guy. She just sort of like, gives you like a nod. Okay. Um, was that Trix's body that we seen outside town? She says, um, "No, no, it was um, it, it was Aben, the the, the the cleric." And so these golden Leander Tossers burnt Father Aben. Yes, their um, their leader. How? Look qu quickly, she says, um, but, but before anyone. Before anyone realizes what's going on, obviously his cries will have attracted attention. Uh, quickly, my, my my house is a short distance outside the village. Let, let, let's head there and we can talk in a bit more safety. Okay. And she like leads you away to like a small sort of like hut, like hut sort of cottage that's built just outside there, somewhat like around the very outskirts. She takes you inside there. It's comfortable. It's nice, but it's quite small. But you sort of cram it. There's basically. Like uh, sort of like a central like little room where she obviously eats and does a thing and then there's like a little bedroom attached to it and she sort of sits you down and says it, it, it's a bit rough and ready I'm afraid but um, it's the best I can do um, I've got to admit I was quite surprised to see you fellows uh, arriving on the scene uh, we had heard that Trix was in some trouble with some church officials uh, so we came as quickly as we could. Says, so, um, yes, she she wasn't. There's some, there's some nonsense. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure how much you've heard, but uh, we laid by a good store of crops, supplies, dried meats, that sort of thing, you know, to see us through the winter. And um, obviously, we do regular checks on them, make sure none of it's been stolen or spoiled. One of the one of the villagers went in there, oh, must be a month ago now, and. Uh, found that fully at least half of the supplies had spoiled which given the cold weather hardly seems likely especially since they were fine a few days earlier uh, as is often the case with superstitious people of course the talk turned to witchery and then someone said they'd they'd seen a trix lurking around the the barn the day before one thing led to another you know how superstitious these peasants can be and then with these uh, these people from uh, Tosin these priests arriving they've they've stirred the whole matter up they they took charge of rooting out the witch um, their leader uh, uh, a man named Campbell he uh, he blame he said the the initial blame was to be laid at the foot of our our previous priest Abend because he'd allowed this evil malignance to take hold in Deerson where it was his duty as as a priest of Leander to to root out this evil and make sure it didn't take hold in Deerson. Uh, while I couldn't really do anything for him, unfortunately, whilst they were whilst they were dealing with him, I was able to get a a tricks away from there. Um, and uh, I've, um, I've got to be honest. I, I gave her supplies. I, I told her to get out of dear son. I, I told her not to tell me exactly where she was heading, because then if they, if they captured me or they were able to somehow get the information out of me, I, I can't tell them what I don't know. So okay. I, I don't know exactly where she's gone. But I, I gave her all the supplies I could. I gave her my horse. I, I told her to put as much distance as she could between herself and dear son. And when did she leave? It must have been a, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. 
So, but she didn't come east. So I fear she has potentially gone to Fort Eastburn, which may even be more treacherous. Tell me how many priests has Campbell got? Well, six now. And while, while they're discussing this, I'm going to step outside and try and keep out of sight, but just keep an eye out in case anyone you know, comes upon this body and uh, all hell breaks loose. Okay. So whereabouts are these priests? They've uh, they've taken up residence in the old um, the old church building where a Ben used to used to live. Six. Well, six six plus their um, plus Campbell. Um, obviously, there was seven, but um, it should have jerks ahead in the direction of the door. Are they in the church itself, or are they in like a? a like a living building near it. I, I believe the, the the church is a simple affair. It's a it's just a single hall. I believe they've set that as their base of operations and they're staying there at the moment. Single hall. Yes, yes. It's just a single uh, single, single door. Hall. Well, the, there's two doors. One at the back. One at the front. But one for the um for the priest to enter and leave. The other for the parishioners to enter and leave. Windows. Yeah. Yes. There's well. Obviously, we don't have much in the way of glass over here, but there are a few sort of narrow windows. I mean, not that you'd be able to fit a person through them, just enough to let light in, really. Are you taking what I'm taking? If we have enough hands and some hay. I mean, it's only poetry. That's that's where I was going. Poetic justice. So how popular are these people in general, would you say? Well, I don't know that I'd say they were popular. They're, they're certainly feared by the by the villagers. I mean, it's obviously most people in Dearson follow Leander as, as we all do. But uh, it, it, it's, it's difficult to rouse people against someone if they sincerely believe that this person holds the fate of their soul in their hands, if you know what I mean. But I would say they're more scared of them than friendly with them. I think most people are hoping they'll, if they just sort of keep their heads down and keep doing what they're doing, eventually they'll move on. So if you've got some oil and some hay and barred bolt doors. I was thinking if, if there's uh, a couple people who would be uh, interested in demonstrating their displeasure. Uh, we could do with extra hands to uh, take care of the windows and bar the doors. The windows aren't big enough to escape from, though. So we need is only the two doors that we need to worry about. That's correct. Anyone we could approach with the goal of Helping the priests move along. I address her. She says that. I think, to be honest, they're all they're all too scared to to directly assist you. Right. 
It's gonna have to be nice if we do it. Brianna says, "I'm happy to. I'm happy to give you what help I can, but obviously, I'm, I'm not exactly in my prime as a, as a soldier anymore." No. Uh, no, we'll let, we'll let us hide here until nightfall. Oh, if you of course. Can, you're welcome to stay as long as you want. If you can acquire us some oil and some hay. She says, um, yes, I, I, I'm sure I can do that. I, I haven't told anyone that I've got rid of my that I've got rid of my horse for obvious reasons. Uh, so me buying hay shouldn't seem anything unusual. Obviously, I, I do need oil to light my, my cottage, so... I can I can easily pass it off as I'm just trying to lay in supplies for the winter. That shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. So um, what about this body? Let's though? put the body away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll see Brock's outside, sort of keeping an eye on the body from a discreet distance. I'm just have a, a cheeky roll of a d6. Okay. So because you're a little bit on the edge of the village, Brock, no one seems to have like wandered past yet. So like, no one's come across the body yet. Yeah, I'll, I'll give a a long, uh, well, plenty of warning if they get in anywhere near the chance. I'm, I'm looking for anyone that might get anywhere near it. Uh, and then I'll be trying to hurry the others up with their conversation, okay. if, if that comes. So I guess we'll come out then, and knowing we want to wait for nightfall, we're going to have to try and move the body and hide it. So... I guess we're just gonna saunter down to it and I mean, put it in the wagon and cover it up. And it's snow, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. So it should be fairly straightforward to cover it up once we've removed the actual yeah body. Okay. So whilst you're moving the body in the evening, I'm gonna make one more roll to see if anyone comes across you while you're doing it. <gasps> Okay, so as you're you're basically like midway through, like in the dark of night, gathering up this, the body of this priest, and you're trying to bundle him up in his robes so he's not not flopping about everywhere. You're carrying it away to the wagon, you know, put the tarp over him, pot the wagon behind the the cottage of Ariana, and you're just about to do that when you see like like a villager who's just sort of like obviously just like wandering about he's uh, he's having like a walk and he sees you obviously like midway through like loading this obvious body wearing these like white robes there's a full moon so it's quite easy to see the moonlight like, reflecting off these white robes as you're like loading it into the car and he's suddenly like hey hey murder 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 and he starts like shouting out at the top of his voice and you hear like a few other shouts go because obviously people in the like in deer sun have like heard him and you see, like okay. a few people start like sticking their heads out, like the doors of like these wooden buildings, and like the cries being like taken up by other people. How late, John? Is it? It's probably about ten in the evening. So it's proper dark then, because it's winter, yeah, right? It's dark, dark. Okay. Swords are poetic as well, right? <laughs> Bows, daggers. <laughs> well, the problem is now that you got the whole village involved now. 
potentially. Has the guy run off, has he? Or Yeah, he's basically like run off, like shrieking into the village. Yeah, we can always hide and come back in four hours' time when they're still back asleep. That's true. Yeah, it just depends what's going to happen. Because um... if you bring... So we were putting them on, a, on the wagon. So if we take the wagon out like for like 30 minutes outside of town, we can see if the priests come after us. I was going to say, that's the other thing. They might actually follow us. Yeah. <laughs> or go and if they do, we can deal with them. And if they don't, we can come back and deal with them. Well, let's head out then on a, at a slow pace. Yeah. See if anyone gives chase. Okay, that is absolutely fine. So you start heading out and you do indeed eventually see one of these priests similarly dressed to the one that you killed sort of like heading towards you he's leading like a disorganized like rabble of villagers some of them are like holding like pitchforks and some of them have got torches you know standard like village mob as much beloved in like many a horror movie and this uh this priest again wearing similar robes white flame patterns on the edges sort of walks out and it, as he's sort of walking out, you can hear him like shouting. You don't really catch what he's saying. But as he gets nearer, you can hear him being like, See, it is as our leader told you. The devil's influence is at work in this village. We must cast it out so that those who are pure and follow the ways of Leander and his prophet in this world will be safe and free to enjoy this world. Entirely free of the besmirchment of diabolism. At which point I'd like to shoot. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. He's not a difficult target. He's shouting his tits off and he's holding his hand up in the air. He's <laughs> in a white target robe. Yeah, exactly, yeah. He's wearing bright white with red flames on it and he's like... Got leads on. So that's 13 for two points of damage. Okay, so that does indeed hit him. And it hits him in the shoulder. You see, you hear like a little grunt of pain as like the arrow goes into him. Obviously, there's this sort of encroaching on you guys that have seen you, but they weren't expecting you to like spring into an attack. So obviously, Weimar, Brock, if you want to do anything at this point before they react, you can do. sort of distance are we out of this, this, this they're, they're about 80 feet away from you but they're sort of like they're rapidly like encroaching on where you are as they're sort of marching towards you and you see these torches like waving around and people like, and the and the person they killed was a follower of leander wasn't he he was there so so he cleric, came to me, yeah. yeah as that as as ariana described it to you that the leader of these new priests was basically like, you've dropped the ball, you've allowed witchery and devilry to take hold in your village. You're responsible. You're responsible, so we're going to make an example of you to show what happens for like priests who aren't sufficiently pure in the eyes of Leander. Well, I'm waiting to see if they come closer, because... Yeah, I, I guess I would be too... Um, <clears throat> so I would like to get on my soapbox um, 
How many people are in the mob? Roll me 2d12. Tell me what you get. Uh, 14. There we go, 14 people. Okay. Um, so I want to jump up on the back of the wagon so they can see me and hear me and call out <clears throat> uh, who among you was involved in the murder of Father Abin? Okay, make me a charisma check. Uh, fail. Okay, so you sort of like, I don't know, you jump up on like a rock or something to raise yourself up and you're like, who was involved in the murder of Father Abbott? At which point, whilst the the villagers are sort of murmuring amongst each other and sort of indistinct mutterings, the, the priest who's at the head is just like pulled this arrow out of his shoulder. He's like... And who are you to interfere with the holy works of Leander? Those who are blessed by his hand. At which point he like clamps his hand to his shoulder where he's got this like, bleeding wound. And as you watch, like, the wound closes up. And he says, okay. See, those who wield the true favour of Leander cannot be smote by disbelievers and nadoels. And sort of seeing... Seeing him like just heal himself with the power of Leander, the villagers are sort of like around him, like sort of buy, buying into like the Kool Aid that he's selling them. Okay. Uh, and they obviously like carry on like marching forward. Yeah. Okay. So I will once again. <clears throat> uh, you are nothing but a murderer, a true priest of. Leander is what Abin was and those who murdered him will face the wrath of the judge at which point I will shoot him again go for it uh, okay that looks better so uh, six points of damage this time yep not a problem again you hit him another arrow thuds into him and he, let, he lets out like a little cry of pain this time as like your arrows hit somewhere like deeper into him. But it, it has okay. not killed him. Okay. Yeah. okay. Why am I on Brock? Shooting as well. Yeah. Are you you whooping out the old black powder or? Uh, this this is the long, but I presume there are still some yeah. distance away. Yeah, they're, they're probably about sort of like sixty foot away now. Yeah, long bow. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. Your the second arrow like thuds into his chest, and as he as he falls to the ground, obviously dying, he's like, oh, Leander will welcome me into his halls, and he he falls to the ground, and rapidly expires. So I'll jump up again and be like, people of their son, these. Fake priests have led you astray. They have forced you into murdering your own priest. But our trouble is not with you. If you return to your homes, there will be no judgment. But any who stay here will join this fake priest uh, in the dirt. 
Okay, yep, having seen the priest, I'm not even going to ask you for a roll. They're just like peasants, superstitious peasants. Having seen this priest just like very easily dispatched in front of them when, when a few moments ago, he was like, look, the power of Leander will not allow me to. <laughs> Down I go. Yeah, they, they start like, a lot of them like drop their pitchforks and torches and they start like dispersing and retreating back to their homes, like rapidly. Um, can I examine the priest's body to see if there's anything of interest? Yeah, absolutely fine. You can examine his body. He's wearing the robes as I described previously. He he doesn't appear to have any items of it. He's got like a small dagger on him, which is like a basic utilitarian like knife, like tucked in his belt. Um, aside from that, he doesn't really seem to have any possessions on him. Okay. And from Rohaline, would we know that these guys are clerics slash magic users, or do we think that they have some symbol that allows them to do this? If if you want, you can make me a you can make me a wisdom roll because you know they're from Tosan, one of the the kingdoms. You can make me a wisdom roll to see what you know about Tosan. Obviously, why am I? You can do this as well. Obviously, not yourself, Brock, because you're not from Rohaline. Yeah, yeah. So, what was the the roll? Uh, wisdom. Uh, that's a success for me anyway. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So between the two of you, you guys know that the Tosin Theocracy is a religious empire that that's part it's one of the three kingdoms of Rohaline. Uh, it was founded based on the teachings of Tosin, who was one of like the first disciples of Leander. The state's ruled entirely by a pope. It's extremely zealous about persecuting those they like classify as like heretics, which at various points in time seem to be like anyone they don't like. Um, yeah, I've, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> very recently, as you will certainly know, Weimar, they're engaged in a war with Keystone, where Weimar comes from, allegedly because they, they were like, oh, the avarice of the merchant princes is heretical. But a lot of people were like, yeah, they just wanted them tasty, tasty trade routes for themselves. Um, the war only stopped with the discovery of the Valkonian was once again habitable. Um, it's mainly populated by humans. Once there were Kalna dwarves there. However, after like, getting into numerous conflicts with like the humans, who like didn't approve of their like ancestor worship because they're like, no, it's heretical. Leander is the way. The dwarves were like, yeah, we've had enough of this, and they withdrew to like mountain strongholds and seemingly just disappeared. You would probably know Malcolm that there's a single tribe of wild elves who sort of like lurk in the forests. But they're very private and they use magic to like hide themselves because as you know, the elves were sort of like linked with the old like mages from Valconan, which is obviously not too popular in the Tozen Theocracy, because they're like magic devilry. Um, you know that it is it is common for like inquisitors from the Tozen Theocracy to wear these like white robes with flame patterns on, giving the like the ridiculously good roles you guys got. Um, so they're not like the normal lay priests. They are like specifically like inquisitors who are sent to like root out heretics. Um, they're they're pretty much like they're like the judge dreads of religious authority in terms of theocracy. Like if an inquisitor's like you are a heretic, I send you to be burned. Like no one's going to say shit to him because they've got that much power. Like back in their sort of home kingdom, and you know that but they not here. you know you know that reputedly. They are capable of performing like miracles, as they call them, in the name of Leander and obviously Tozen, who's like their sort of like prophet figure. They sort of they follow Tozen through him as the path to Leander, that sort of thing. Okay. 
Okay. But yeah, certainly within their homeland, they are like the one of the legitimate like religious authorities. Okay. So we dump these two bodies on the side of the road and yeah, head fine. back to town and have a barbecue. Okay. Well, the party started, didn't it? So. Yeah. That is absolutely fine. So you head back to the town of Deersun, or the village of Deersun. Um, most people, given what happened earlier, were like staying well indoors. It's pro probably about eleven by the time this is sort of all going on. Uh, you you were shown where the the sort of long house that is used as a church was previously, so you have no problem locating that. It's pretty much as Ariana described this long, sort of wooden long house with a door at the front, a door at the back, some very like narrow, like slits almost just to that light in there, not really windows as such. Um, it's pretty unremarkable. There's like the, the symbol of like a wooden symbol of Leander hanging up over the front door. Okay. Is there anyone guarding it or any there sign are, of There anyone? are a couple of these priests on the uh, on the outside. So like stood okay. by the door. Okay, they stood by both doors or just the front door? Obviously you've approached like from the front, so you okay. you don't know if there's any on the back, but you've seen there's a couple on the uh, the front. So is there a way we can work our way around to the back yeah there's there's plenty of room so you work your way around to the back and you can see there are a couple of these priests on the back door as well okay two on the front two on the back which means there's probably three left inside well you know originally there was there was seven of them you've killed two so if there's two on the front door two on the back door that potentially means there's one and their leader inside. Okay. And they don't seem to be alerted or looking out for anyone in particular. I mean, do they seem to be on high alert? That, bizarrely enough, despite all the shouts and everything that's gone up, no, they don't seem to be. They look like they're, they're standing at attention, so they're ready. But they're not sort of like getting weapons ready and getting ready to like roll out, which no, is, a, is a little bit surprising yeah. given that like people have been like murder, murder, and like two of their number have just vanished as far as they're concerned. Yeah. So none of the the other sort of people have headed back and told them what's happened or anything by the looks it, of it. If they have, they don't appear to be reacting in a way you would expect. Hmm. It's strange. Might be a dying for the cause thing. Arrogance. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it could be arrogance, it could be zealotry, any or all of the above. You don't really have enough information about them beyond no. the the amazing amount of information that uh, Malcolm and uh, Weimar have been able to recall Somehow. when they were like, let's put, let's put us heads together. What do you know about Tozen? Oh, I know all of this about it. Yeah. I wrote three books about it. Well, I wrote a couple myself. <laughs> She's like, oh, have I told you about my abridged history of the Tozen theocracy? Yeah, yeah av available in all good bookstores. Yeah. Okay. So I'm taking Molotov cocktail on the two at the back. 
So are we thinking we put a fire in the back? The front pair is going to move in or around, and then we go in and get the middle pe people, or how, how do we? How, yeah, but, would you do? You, do you think now that you, like four of the guys are outside the building? Do you think destroying the building is almost necessary, or no, actually diversion mostly? Like, oh, okay. If if we set a fire in the back, uh, they wouldn't. They've got the doors now. We lost the element of surprise, so there's that. But it could be a diversion if that's what we want to try. Because I was thinking, if you attack over the front or the back. If there's only two of them, you know, if thing go, if they go to plan, you know, you, you'd be able to. Yeah, but I wonder if Weimar isn't right if, if we throw something at them and try and set them on fire and panic them at the back. The two at the front will come around, and that would allow whoever didn't throw it to go in the front door and take care of the leader. All oh, right. Okay. Um. And if Gordon was the person who was doing the diversion, then the three of us could go in, take out the leader, and then um, deal with the rest of them. Gordon could leave them on a, a merry hunt with his oh, so major skills. Run into the woods. Yeah. Oh, right. So you're not proposing to attack on two fronts. You just distract one side and go in the other side. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Basically throw some sand in the eye and then punch in the throat. Um, okay, we've got the oil, we've got... Yep, Ariana will be able to get you like a few like bales of hay and like a few flasks of oil, that's not a problem. She's been doing She's been doing that while you've been like dealing yeah. with this crowd. So I think we'll thank for the hay, but we don't need that. But right actually, because they don't know what we look like, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. So we could bring up two bars of hay covered in oil mm. and just drop them nearby as if we were normal laborers, mm -hmm. right? Then Gordon can do his uh, fire arrow into it. It blows up. Those two guys are potentially injured or not. It's screaming a lot. Two guys at the front come around and we all go in the front. Okay. So, John, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no problems. So you head up you, you you're planning on what putting the hay up against the front door is that right so i think the back door so like or or like a okay. car a little cart with hay on it the hay is covered in oil yep we we push it to the back door and kind of now obviously you know there's like two guys near the door so as you approach this sort of, you see them like looking over at you yeah but we're just two farmers pushing out a barrel of like okay. hay. Uh, which but I'm going to ask one of you, and it's down to you guys who it is, to make me a charisma roll, because uh, a load of people just randomly pushing a cart of hay up to the back door of the church isn't something that would normally happen. Because they, they know they've not ordered any hay, so... What? I thought everyone got their hay at 11 o'clock at night. I thought, I <laughs> yeah, thought you know that was... Yeah. By, by dangerously <laughs> armed people. Yeah. I thought that was standard procedure in these parts. Yeah, that's Look a success, that. John. Okay, yeah, so they will sort of challenge you as you approach, and they'll be like, oh, what's this all about? So so what do you say to them? Uh, sorry, give me a second. Yeah, um, 
you just need to get, it needs to be like a vague sort of idea because we know you passed the charisma check so so i guess there's some sort of porch there or something right yeah yeah it's like a sort of like you know we just want to leave this here under the porch because it's going to rain we don't want the hay to get wet um because it's to feed the horses blah 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 it's the okay. food for the winter okay as you're sort of saying that one of them he sort of nods he doesn't interfere but he like he like just pushes the door open like behind him and as he does that you hear a voice like quite quite a cruel sounding voice from inside saying why don't we just drop this pretense and you can come in and we can discuss this like civilized people is this crude attempt at deception entirely necessary well why don't you come out very well so the voice from inside wish. says this yeah okay um guys at the front do they say anything more aside from challenging us nope. they just sort of challenge you they open the door and then this voice comes from inside and they just sort of like stood there with their heads slightly bowed and obviously malcolm's just been like oh, why don't you no why don't you come out and you hear that this again this sort of like an equal mixture of like crawl and slightly like bored sounding voice say very well if that is the only way to to resolve this and a a figure wearing sort of like similar robes but like more like fancifully embroidered with like the flames and his is reversed so it's like red robes with like white flames on it walks out of the of the building he's got his like hood down he, he stands there and sort of stands like he's, he's literally in the doorway like stood there with his hands clasped in front of himself At which point he says, I take it you've undoubtedly come here to in some misguided attempt to slay myself and my flock. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just dropping off a bit of hay. He, he sort of like does this. It gives you like a bit of an up nod. And he's like, uh, he's like I do assure you that these, these childish crude deceptions are as nothing before the shining light of Leander. Please, save yourself further embarrassment. And tell me, Leander the prophet, does he talk to you much? He smiles and says, Leander is not a prophet. Tozen is the prophet of Leander. He was... I think you will find that you are mistaken. And that Leander is the prophet, and Tosin is the disciple. He, he smiles and says, perhaps. But in answer to your earlier question, yes, Leander speaks through me and blesses me that I might use his, his divine gifts to carry out his holy works. And is burning his priests the holy work that he has asked you to perform for him? It is necessary to weed out those who have failed in their duties to Leander. It is not a pleasant task, but it is necessary. I suspect that you did find it to be a pleasant task. I assure you I take no great pleasure in this act, but I, re I know that it is necessary. Hmm. So what are we to do now? He says, well, given that I 
the, through the grace of Leander, it has been revealed to me that you have been sent here to to slay me, and that you have rather overplayed your hand with this childish business with the cart and the hay. I would say the, as they say, that the ball is rather in your court at the moment. I would be just as happy if you would go on your way and leave us to our business, but I. I sadly doubt you will take that option. It is not in my nature to walk away from bullies. Now, what, what is the... How do you see this going? You've you got people me? here bowing heads in prayer. We've got blades. How does this play out? Do, do do not think we are we are unarmed. We have the we have the might of Leander himself on our side. No doubt. And we will defend ourselves if needs be, but we are not carrying out our holy duties at the moment until you engage in a quarrel with the with the rightful appointed members of the Church of Leander. We have no particular quarrel with you. As I have said, I would just as rather you go on your way and leave us to our holy work. But I somehow doubt that will be the case. Again, you stand here without a weapon to hand. I'm struggling to follow your... I I understand that Leander is with you. What bargaining chip do you think you have, Father? <laughs> Again, you make the you make the wrongful assumption that we are not protected by Leander, which but he raises his hand like that. And can you make me a save versus spells, please, Wamo? Probably not. We'll try. Where is the... No, don't. Hmm. Magic was it? Spells, yeah. Uh, spells, rod, staves. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, this is gonna be good. <laughs> and this is magic, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I'm I'm really good at magic resistances. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as he sort of raises his hand, you're heart feels cold and you are gripped by an absolute feeling of terror and for a moment it's like all your sort of flashbacks about the war and your time sort of fighting and the blood and the fear and all of that comes sort of flooding into you and before you know it to the rest of you like Weimar literally goes white as a sheet like drops whatever he's holding in his hand just turns around and starts running away in the opposite direction. So I, I, I don't know that I was carrying it because we left. I presumably we we're not holding the cart. So yeah, it's fine. You don't actually have yeah. to drop anything. So, yeah, that's just for description. <laughs> feel free, so, feel free uh, to describe. Basically, he's, he's used like a, a fear effect on you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Weimar is like, you don't have weapons because he's thinking I can pull faster than you. Is is the problem for you? But uh, clearly, magic is the bigger problem here, and 
So there's the, yeah, it's because this is nighttime, right? And there's the, aha, yes, Leander's holy light. And Weimar bolts away like a vampire <laughs> into the night, presented with this holy power that he finds repulsive. Uh, so he, he um, goes, ha, and then flees into the darkness. Uh, and I know, I know we're not strictly in combat rounds, but the, the way this spell works is basically you'd be like fleeing directly away for like a couple of turns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, yes, yeah, so Weimar bolts, leaving just uh, Malcolm and uh, your boy Brock. At which point that... the, the priest just like lowers his hand again. He's like... I mean, that's that's super obvious. That's magic. Isn't oh, it? oh, yeah, that's blatant. Incredibly. Magic. That's blatantly <laughs> magic. There's there's no non-magic way. He could just be like, huh? and why am I would run away? Yeah, so he's got a whole glowing hand and all that. Well, well his hand isn't actually glowing. He just like raised it. Oh, right. And then this like fear effect took place on. Yeah, sorry, that, that was me embellishing on the. Yeah, that, that's uh, just a bit like flavour. He's, he's not been like. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But but even without that, it's obviously magic. You know why, Marv? You know that like every time someone waves at him, he doesn't like shit himself and run away. Yeah. yeah. There's literally no reason for him to run away, especially when you're like, oh, we've got the high ground, we've got all the guns. Like, what have you got? Some robes, and then suddenly, why Marv's like, ah, and running away. So that that that's magic, blatantly. Yeah. Okay. You don't know what type it is because you did say like oh, I've got miracles of Leander, but it's, it's definitely ma kind. it's definitely magic as far as you're concerned. <laughs> and all magic's pretty much the same as far as you're concerned. It's all like bad yeah, voodoo. Yeah. It's bad voodoo. I'm looking at Malcolm. So I'm just gonna nod and then I'll pull my sword and try and strike number. Okay. At which point since they're aware of you, we are gonna go into initiative. We'll just do group initiative to make it easier. So it's up to you guys which one of you would like to roll the D six for the order group initiative. Off you go, Darren. Okay. Uh, D6 is a Ooh, 6. Ooh, take that. Nice. All right, let me roll one for the, uh, the Inquisitors. So how many have, have we got at the moment sort of in front of us? In front of you, there are the two priests and, like, the head priest, for one of a better term. Right. So he's come out, yeah. Okay, yeah, so you guys get to go first. Well, I'm going for the big man. Definitely. Okay. I do not like magic. Uh, 17 for 9 points if it hits. Okay, 17 will hit, yours will not, Brock. So as you bring your sword down, Brock, you hear like a metal like chinking. And as you've like sliced through his cloak, you can see he's like wearing like chainmail under his cloak. So I haven't rolled it. Oh, sorry. I thought the earlier roll was yours. Well, you still get that bit of flavour anyway, but take your roll. You oh, might, yeah, yeah. You might, you, might, <laughs> you might hit him despite the chainmail, but you know he's wearing chainmail. Oh, definitely do. Okay, so how much damage have you... His, his AC's like 16. So how much have you guys done in total in terms of hit points? Uh, 15 total. Yeah. Okay. Uh, does Gordon go on our go, or does he go on the NPC? No, goes? Gordon goes on your go. Okay. So I guess he should try and shoot him as well, right? Yeah, I've got his. Have you got it there, or do you want me? To... No, you go ahead. Sorry, he's. Yeah. Um... Okay. Um. So is he going to try and shoot? Is that into combat, though, isn't it? It w it would normally be, but we're keeping it fairly loose, so I'm not going to penalise you in this sort of okay. circumstance. Okay. 
Okay, uh, there we go. I think that's probably a miss. Oh, yeah. Yep, so his arrow like falls a bit short. So we'll move on to the. See, that's the first sort of like turn of a while more running away. So we'll go to the NPCs. Right, the the first one of each of the like the normal priests are going to attack you guys. So yep. let me just bring up their uh, stats. Okay. So here we go. Let's have a couple of attack rolls from them. As they're sort of like basically pulling out these knives from the robes and they're like going at it. Okay, so first one on Brock, second one on Malcolm. I'll just split those up. Okay, yeah, so they've done absolutely pants. Neither of them managed to, to hit you guys. They, they sort of weighed in, but they're obviously used to like cowing, sort of like timid peasants and whatever, not like actual like fighters. So you guys are just like blocking and parrying and like sidestepping their blows. You do notice they seem to be like very quick though, like they're literally like their blades are like flashing out everywhere. Okay, then the the leader, the uh, Solomon Campbell, he as this sort of arrows like landed in front of him, he he points his finger into the distance. Doesn't say anything, he just literally goes And you hear a scream off in the distance, and as you look back, you just see your boy with the bow just like falls to the ground. Well, Gordon. Yep. Okay. However, in order to see whether he survived this this magic that has been used on him, Darren, you can have him make a. A saving throw versus death. Okay. I don't look great. Yep. So, as this, as this Solomon Campbell points at him with his finger of death, his life is snuffed out, and he just like drops like a puppet with his strings cut. Hmm. Obviously, we don't know the full extent of that yet. No. But. That's just going to uh, make Brock even more furious than he already was. Okay, whilst this is going on, the the other priests, the other three, the two from around the door, and the one who was inside with Campbell, are basically like moving up to... They're using their move to like get in position for next turn. However, before they get a chance to do that, obviously it's back over to you guys. Okay. Oh, that's a very bad miss. Oh, but that's not. That's a better one. Uh, 21 to hit. For oh, yeah, seven that's damage it. on okay. the uh, the main man. Okay, and how did you do, Malcolm? I missed. Okay. Yep, so you guys are like laying into him. He is taking some injuries. Like I say, you can now see there's like rents and tears in his robes. Again, he's moving quite quickly. You can see his wet, you see the glint of this chainmail in the light of the full moon under his robes. But he does seem to be like 
is injured, but he's obviously like tougher than your average peasant, so he's like he's taking it. Okay. So NPCs, the three so remaining priests finish their move, so they're like good to attack next turn. So the ones we've got now, obviously the two two sort of like general priests. I'm gonna roll for them. First one is for Brock, the next one is for Malcolm. Obviously I'll split these up. They are still doing absolutely pants, although they're very quick and they're flashing out these daggers. You guys are just like ching, sidestep, ching, sidestep. <laughs> like nothing doing. Okay. Maybe just have a look what the uh, the big boss man is gonna do. Okay, so again, he he point he throws out his hand towards one of you. I'm going to make a because you're both attacking him so equally. I'm going to make a d6 roll. One, three. It's Brock. Otherwise, it's Malcolm. Okay, so it's Brock. Yep. As he points it, as he calls upon Leander to strike down these unbelievers, he throws his hand out towards you. Can you please make me a saving throw versus spells? Oh, this. That's high. No, I don't think so. Nope. Okay, so, so he throws out a hand towards you, and as he as he does so, he then sort of like clenches his fist and pulls it back in. And as he does this, your stomach suddenly like lurches. And you pretty much like vomit all down yourself, and you start feeling distinctly unwell. Okay. Foul sorcery. What effect does that actually? Okay. Currently, you are on a minus two to attack rolls. Okay. And as. As time progresses, you will be like starting to feel more and more ill. Basically, like okay. you, you know, when you like you get the flu in real life, it feels like that, but like sped up to the nth degree. Yeah. yeah. So you go from like, oh, I've got a bit of a sniff or two, and, like oh, I'll feel like I'm about to like throw my ring piece up. Yeah. Okay. And you can almost feel this like evil magic, like sapping your strength away, like your arms are getting like weaker, like your swords becoming heavier. Okay, so is that back over to us? It is indeed. And next turn, why am I? You'll be able to start like coming back in. Uh, right, I'll do minus two. Ooh, take that. Boom. We will take that. Uh, eight points of damage. Minus two. Okay, yeah, he's starting to look distinctly unhealthy. Ugh. No. Okay, yeah, so Malcolm jumps in with the with the sword of respect and like stabbing out and then like a couple of quick stabs through his chainmail, finding out the weak points under the armpit and stuff like that. 
you see Malcolm as you sort of glance to Brock, who's like gone pale and like a, a greenish tinge to his skin. He, he, he's trying to go in, yeah, he's pouring with sweat. You see he's like struggling to lift up his like broadsword and he's just like a really sort of like desperate swing, but he, he doesn't seem to have the energy to like pull it off completely. And so Stay with me, Brock. Stay with me. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At which point back round to them again. So like the other priests have joined in now. So what I'm gonna do is because like Brock's looking like as far as I'm concerned, like he's on the way out. I'm gonna have two of the normal priests attack Brock and three of them attack Malcolm because you look like more of a threat now, Malcolm basically. Okay, so the two attacking Brock. Are absolutely pants. Even though you're like sick and like coughing, they you've still got enough strength that you're like sort of swinging your sword and parrying their blows as these daggers come at you. And then the three against Malcolm. Let's see what they can do. I presume 13 is not enough to... Well, be 14. No, 16 it? is your number. Yeah. So, yeah, one of them gets, like, quite close to sort of, like, stabbing you, but, like, with your sort of... With your wild reflexes, you sort of, like, spin to one side and, like, the dagger goes like that through where you would have been a few moments ago and they don't manage to hit you so that's all of their sort of lay priests done obviously we're on to the main guy now solomon campbell and he is going to wade in so he is also going to attack malcolm this will be plus four so 18. 18 hits, yeah. So he has hit. So. Okay, you take six hit points of damage as he reaches into his robe with one fluid movement, whips out this dagger and sweeps it across the side of your face. Okay, it's back round to you guys. Weimar is just sort of like running away. Suddenly, just like like someone's flipped a switch, the 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 terror is just gone. It's not like oh, it's it's diminishing, it's diminishing. It's just suddenly not there anymore. And you like even as it's leaving, you like you know you're like slowing down, so like not really able to remember like why you were running away. You just know that you were like absolutely terrified of something. So <clears throat> I presume I was, I was taking like double moves away. Yeah. So I'll I'll do a regular one back and uh, longbow out. I'll, yep, if I can it. see anyone, that is. Yep, you. They're all sort of milling around. But like I said, we're not doing like a strict sort of combat thing, so I'm not going to penalise you far into combat at this point. Right. You can see there's like five of these like lay priests milling around. They appear to be uninjured. You can see this um, this Solomon Campbell, like this head inquisitor. He's quite injured, but he's like he's still fighting against Malcolm you see this dagger flashing Malcolm's like parrying it with his sword he takes a bit of a slice to the face you can see Brock looks like really bad he's like he's got a sort of gaunt like greenish like pallor to his face he's, all, he's sweating despite the cold weather yeah um, if for these reasons as well as just personal ones having just been Ensorcelled by uh, 
Solomon. It's it's gonna be him. Which you know, eleven. Yep. So, Malcolm, you see like an arrow sort of like arc over the head of you and Campbell. And you sort of risk a quick glance back as you're parrying a blow, and you can see like Weimar, like obviously having recovered himself, like coming in, he like drops to one knee and like fires off a quick arrow, but he's obviously like sort of fired it quickly, like on the run, so he's not managed to like gauge the range quite properly. Okay. Uh, so I will heal myself for okay. one point with the ring, and then I will. Attack. Okay, you you attempt to heal yourself with the ring. It doesn't do anything. Oh, okay. That's irritating. Okay, and I will strike him down. Like. Or wave my sword in his general direction. <laughs> yeah, I understand. <laughs> um, also, is this uh, effect getting worse, John? This. In, in terms of like, in terms of your modifier for this combat, it's not. However, in terms of like how your character actually feels, feels, yeah, every moment that passes, you're feeling more and more sick. Okay, but at the moment, I'm for rolling purposes minus two. Yeah, yeah you're just on the minus two for rolling purposes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what that is. Fifteen. Okay, that is not enough. Okay. One short. Oh, that's a shame. That's a big hit as well. Okay, so yeah, again you swing, but you know, your strength is really starting to ebb now, and yep. you you know you like your vision is getting a bit blurry around the edges. You're struggling to like see exactly where everyone is because obviously everyone's like thrashing around and stabbing at each other, and you're sort of like trying to keep it together as much as you can. And obviously you're starting to feel really cold now because you're pouring with sweat, and it's winter. Okay, so we move on to them again. So I'm going to have, again, two on Brock. Ouch. Okay, that is two hits. Okay, you take 12 hit points of damage as two of these priests stab into you with their daggers. Okay, okay the three on Malcolm. No, none of them have managed to hit. So I'm going to go on to the main guy. Let me just check his spells. Okay, so again, as you're sort of fighting, as you're sort of moving backwards and forwards, you're both stabbing in each other, Malcolm. He like basically like face palms you to like the face and then sort of pulls his hand off like that. And can you please make me a save versus spells? Oh, irritating. Uh, okay. Fair. You also immediately vomit all down yourself and start feeling very ill. You are now at minus two in the same way as Brock. Okay. And that's his action. So, back round to the, the players again. Hey. Okay. 
you guys have stuff ready, or should I go first? Go ahead, yeah. So, <clears throat> uh, I was rolling, but it's okay. Oh, yeah, go. Oh, it's really oh short, no. Yeah. <laughs> So you're, you're like, oh, if only Rinse, Annie, if only Annie used these foul magics on me, like every one of them would have hit. Yeah. It's driving him on, but it's not working. Two points, yeah, nice. So wait, where are you hitting? I'm trying to still hit the, the main guy. Solomon. Okay. Yeah, he's 16 AC, and I keep rolling 15. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm moving, firing another arrow. Well then. Whoa. Okay, an arrow like thuds into his chest just as he's finished face palming you, Malcolm. He is looking distinctly unhealthy at the moment, but he's still going. He's looking like someone who just got chopped in the chest. Oh, that looks like pretty much. Uh, six more. Okay. Okay, he's sort of like he's he's basically like almost falling to like his knees. He is still going though, but like he look again, he's getting to that stage where it looks like a strong wind could like finish him off. Okay. Okay, what about, so what about a bolt of vomit? That, <laughs> yeah, that'd probably do it. Yeah, yeah. Would that put him down? Yeah, that'd probably deal with him. Okay. Let me just have a look at his. Be on empty. Okay, so what he's going to do is he's basically going to he's going to sort of like falling back. His three like priests basically like stand over him, the ones that are sort of fighting with you, trying to like keep you away from him. And he he calls upon Leander to aid him in like his hour of need. And you see that light flaring under his hand as he touches his chest. At which point he regains three hit points. And he looks a bit healthier, but he's not exactly like up to full capacity or anywhere near. <laughs> okay, so the three that are attacking Malcolm, obviously he's not attacking because he's cast a spell. And they're at plus two. So. Malcolm 16. No, none of them have hit you again. You're like parrying their blows. They're. Sort of keeping you off, off him basically seems to be their main sort of goal. Okay. Okay. The two, and they're still stabbing at you with these knives. The two that are attacking Brock have both hit. Okay. You take seven hit points of damage, Brock, as again you're stabbed by these two knives by these ridiculously quick moving priests and you're having like tr with your blurred vision and how quick they're moving you're having trouble sort of like blocking their blows and like defending yourself as it's becoming from all sides yes his hit points are almost replicating the look of him now <laughs> yeah i mean as you as you're sort of like running in weimar you can see that these two they're, they're pretty much just like overbearing like brock and he's like going down under this like cavalcade of like rapid stabs from these knives coming in at him as he's like being driven down to the ground <clears throat> it's over to you guys I'm going to uh, attack one of the ones that are attacking me this turn Okay. Uh, can I reach him this turn as well yeah. or is he kind of blocked 
Yeah, yeah, you, you'd be able to reach him, that's fine. Uh, five hit points, is that enough? Okay, if, if he hadn't healed himself last round, it would have been enough. However, okay. he's still clinging, just narrowly clinging to life at the moment. Oh, I've gone into a death spiral. <laughs> okay, so yeah. The... Twelve might be enough on a priest, though, is it? Oh yeah, twelve's enough on a priest. No, no, that's the damage. Yeah, it's Okay, so you can see this going on in front of you, YMR, and you're sort of moving in. What are you doing? <clears throat> well, I can't make it there, so once again, it's a move. The three turns running away is pretty bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I move and fire once again. Uh, Solomon is the target. Here we okay. go. Praise Gale. There we go. That will do. Gale. Go on, Gale. That will do. Okay. An arrow thuds into Solomon Campbell's chest. He lets out like a... <gasps> and he lies still. However, obviously, there's still the other priests. Okay. So, we're moving on to them. So I'm just going to move something so I can see this easier. There we go. Okay. So I'm going to have... One's going to carry on attacking Brock. One of them is going to move over to attack Malcolm. So it'll be four on Malcolm, one on Brock. So the one on Brock... Misses. As like his fellow leaves to go and help try and shank Malcolm... You're able now. You've only got one to focus on. You're able to block a little bit more effectively. Brock, and you manage to parry these knife blows as they come in towards you. Okay, four on Malcolm. These are all on plus two. Okay, so one has hit. Feel a sharp pain as one of these knives stabs into you, and you take okay. five hit points of damage. Okay, again, it's back around to you guys again. Uh, sorry, John, two questions. I guess Netta Solomon is dead. Yep, has my ring started working again? Nope, and do I feel any better? Nope, okay. Uh, oh, that looks like a dead priest. Yep. As this priest, like, well, as this priest is like stab you, he's like still get his knife, and you describe how you take him out. Basically, what I want to do <clears throat> is when and when the knife is in me, I want to grab his arm and then swing down and chop his arm off at the shoulder. And have it all bleed out there. That's what you do. He basically falls back, spraying blood. Blood spraying everywhere as he falls to the ground and dies shortly afterwards. Okay, who's next? She'll attack the one that's attacking me. Okay. I muster up enough strength to 
make a final attack on this. Okay. So, as this priest of like leering and sort of grinning comes down at you with this knife, he's like, oh, this guy's on his way out. I've got him banged to right. He like overextends himself. He starts coming in with a dagger. Maybe he leaves himself a bit exposed in his carelessness. He thinks you're done. Describe how you take him out. So, yeah, I'm going to be sort of on one knee or something, sort of falling back with these overwhelming odds and weakness. And as he leans forward, I'm just going to make a, a final sort of surge and just thrust my sword through the stomach of him, basically. And indeed, that's what happens. You you lean up and with some of your remaining strength, you like kick him off your blade. He falls to the ground and expires shortly afterwards. Anyone else to go this round? Yeah. <laughs> I will continue... The longest journey anyone has ever taken. <laughs> I see you. I'm nearly there, guys. <laughs> guys. And, uh, once more, out comes the bow, and uh, we're firing at one of these, um, uh, I suppose, like rank and file priests. Yep. Well, it was bound to happen. I had very good luck. Yeah, you fire an arrow and it like tears off a bit of like the fabric on one of the priest's cloaks, but doesn't actually do any harm to them. Okay, so back round to the priests again. So three of them attacking Malcolm. Again, these are all plus two. No, they get nowhere near you. Over to you guys. Is ten a hit? No. No. Okay. Then I miss. Okay. <clears throat> Brock. Oh, feeble. <laughs> yeah, you, you try and run in, but you're sort of like stumbling, and you're almost like dragging your sword, and you're not able to get there in time to like land a blow on him. One more. So, by my calculations, there's one more of these <laughs> uh, turns yep. for Weimar, and then then we can draw a sword if we want to. So, that sounds about same right. thing. Same, same thing again. Oh, there we go. But no damage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, f you notch an arrow quickly, fire it at the, the same priest. You fired it out previously, so again, oh, I was obviously a bit, a bit to the right at that time. This one was close when you basically see it, so sort of like slice a shallow cut across his cheek as the arrow goes. Yep, it's it's the movie scene where time slows down, it just goes. <laughs> you you probably see it like tear part of his moustache off and like as it goes out the back mm -hmm. of his hood, and there's like a, a little sort of splatter of blood in a sort of cinematic style. Okay, all right, on to them. So, three of them attacking Markham again. <laughs> nah. Over to you guys. Uh, 16 for 7 yep, describe how you take one of them out <clears throat> uh, 
I kind of want to bring it down, cut through his body. So kind of from here all the way down is uh, kind of cut him in half. Indeed, and that is what exactly what happens is you fell another. There are only two remaining now. Nope, still can't muster up enough strength. I'm just uh, assaulting them with heavy breathing from behind. <laughs> <laughs> I've rolled maximum damage nearly every time. <laughs> okay, so there's two of them left. Um, one of them is going to come at Brock now, and one of them is going to continue attacking Malcolm. Because obviously you're sort of like running in now, Brock. Well, I think well, running's a little bit Okay, so the the one on Brock hits. Oh, you might put me out of my misery. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I, no, that's wrong. I rolled 2d6. It should be 1d6 plus 2. So let me just... <laughs> I still did it. <laughs> okay, that's seven points of damage. Yeah, I'm dead. Okay, and I don't forget you can go to minus your level before you're like dead, dead. Yeah, I'm on minus one. Okay, yep, so the priest sort of like breaks off from where he's been fighting against you, Malcolm, as you see the sort of like the sickly looking like Brock still trying to like against all odds, still putting up a good fight, comes running in. This priest like leaps up in that sort of slow mo cinematic style plunges his knife into Brock's neck, pulls it out. You see like a fountain of blood spray out. Brock's legs just like give way underneath him and he like falls face forward in the snow. Okay, the one attacking Malcolm. Nah, gets nowhere near. So he, st he stabs at you and you just like almost lazily like just like parry it with your sword you're like yeah whatever you're like, <laughs> okay. okay back over to you guys why am I you're sort of coming in now you, you you're getting into that sweet sweet melee range if you want to <laughs> you can see Brock's like down on the ground like red spreading out on the snow from his neck so <clears throat> I'll uh, sling the, the bow away as I uh, rush in, bring out the shield, and unseathe the sun sword as I rush in to lay the justice. Yeah, as you uh, unsheathe the sun sword, it's like, yeah, yeah, which, <laughs> and like light uh, as, just streaming as, out everywhere. As that happens, I was like, witness the true flames of heaven, and <laughs> I'll just love it. Probably, I, I just hope you've got like a really good roll to back this yeah. up with. Yeah, well, let's like you, you now we cash the checks. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say, man? What can I say? Okay. So as you run in, and you're like, witness the power of the crew flame, and you swing the sword down. As you pull it out, and this radiance glares forth, the priest you're sort of like running towards is just like, as he sees this like divine light, and you literally just like carve him into like lengthways and like for a moment he stands there and you see that cinematic bit with the red line like spreads up his body and then he just goes and falls to the ground leaving one remaining 
Okay, so I want to try and subdue this guy okay. uh, if I can, uh, rather than kill him. Uh, so 16 for 10 points of damage. You can definitely either kill or subdue him with that. So how do yeah. you how do you subdue him? So I guess what I want to do is um, I want to knock the dagger out of his hand and end up with my blade at his throat. Yep, not a problem. As, um, he's, as he's bringing up his dagger, you're just like... You, you strike him there on his hand, sort of like deadening the nerves. His hand just goes loose. The dagger spirals off and like... Into the ground. And you quickly like bring up your sword like that right at his throat. You've basically just got to go, and that's okay. And I'm like, uh, what did your master do to my friend and me? He, he, he looks at you and he like he sort of turns his head just a little bit. He can't turn it too much because your sword's there. And he like spits on the ground and he's like, you have been stricken by the. Holy wrath of Leander, you're dead man already, you just don't know it. Uh, cure my friend. He's like, when the holy eight days, the number holy to Leander has elapsed, you will both meet him and his justice will be swift. At this point, make me a charisma roll. Because you're like, I'll heal him, or I'm going to like kill you. And he's like, I'm a religious fanatic, I believe I'm going to heaven. Uh, success. Okay, so you've not got a massive success, but like, he's basically, he's probably like stalling for time, maybe. And he's like, and if I do heal your friend, you're just going to kill me anyway. No, I, I won't. As, as I, I am in need of a man with your services. As if I would trust the word of one of the witch breed. What witch breed? At which point he get he sort of like points at your ears. Your slightly pointy elven ears. I'm in the background just like shaking my head. <laughs> uh okay. What what assurance can you can give me that you will keep your word? We did not initiate this. That was your man. Yeah, at which point oh. he says he says, Oh, so you didn't come to this church to kill us and burn us alive then? You asked for dialogue, we engaged. It was your man started the onslaught. We were talking. He says, my master merely demonstrated the power of Leander. You were not harmed. Your master's dead now, and you can live. I am your new master. At which point... Maybe that too, but you get the point. <laughs> at which point, you, you see, like, you were sort of winning him over, but as, like, as this, like, elf is like, I am your new master now, his face just, like, changes, and you're like, we've lost him. Okay. At and which it, point, I will end him. Okay, yeah. You stab him through the throat. You pull your sword out. He's like 
holding his hand like that, blood's running freely down his arm. He, he sort of like falls to his knees, and with his last gasp, he's like, You will meet Leander in eight days, witch. <laughs> Man says he's a believer, and with his dying breath, he lays curses on others and tells us witches are bad. I say as I seize my sword. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of the, the toes and inquisitors are now dead however Brock is down he's unconscious he looks very unwell Harp's um, also looking very unwell who is? you oh sorry yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, so I how big is Brock? he's uh, big yeah. his, his last name means mountain Okay. That, that, that should give you the clue. He's massive. He's like Conan on steroids. Okay, so what I want to do then is, between myself and, and Weimar's, get him onto the cart yep. and bring him to Ariana's house, because if my memory is correct, Ariana is a healer of some description. Um, but that could be totally wrong. Okay, between the two of you, you're just about able to like manhandle Brock onto this uh, this cart that you've got and you I mean it takes takes a bit of a while but you slowly sort of trundle it over to uh, to where Ariana's cottage is and obviously she sees you come in immediately rushes out and sees like the state Brock's in what do you say to her she sort of comes running out I mean she's Can not, she's not wearing to help her friend she, she's like I, I, I'm a soldier I'm, I'm not an apothecary I'm afraid hmm is there anyone who can? Uh, the, the only one who would have been able to would have been Navin. He was he was the cleric, but obviously he's he's not here anymore. Mm. Okay. Um, but look, let us bring him inside. Yeah, yes, yes, of course. And she'll like help you like carry Brock inside. Um, so I guess as a hunter, I would have some idea of how to stitch up wounds and clean oh, yeah. wounds. Stitching and... up wounds not a problem. Um. So, um, so I clean them up. Okay. Uh, get them a bit warm. Um, now did did the ring stop working after I got sick or before I got sick? I mean, it stopped before you got sick. Okay. Okay. And has it subsequently started working? Nope. Or do I think it's effectively broken? Um, that would be a safe assumption. Okay. So we don't have any way to heal him. Uh do we know what the blue cap mushrooms do? Blue cap mushrooms. I'll have, a, I'll have a quick look. I'll dig into my notes here. It's been a while. Uh, where did you get the blue cap mushrooms from? I can't remember. Uh, I think it was just... It's... Uh... It was a random roll, a uh, foraging roll. I think you were using a table off the... 
Well, no, the sort of hallucinogenic type visions one or something. Let's go with. That's the only ones I remember. Alright, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you you vaguely remember something about you know if you if you like boiled them they like gave you like weird visions and like trances. Okay. Reputedly, I mean, Brock might have even mentioned this. Reputedly, like certain societies, particularly like older societies like the Ice Walkers, etc., like they're sort of like shamans and people like that. They're wise people, so to speak. A belief to like have used them and sort of like put themselves in tune with like nature and gain insight into like the natural world and the future and stuff. Okay. Okay. Uh, so once Brock is cleaned up or whatever, there's no healing available. Yep. I'll suggest to Weimar that some old Dobie might help us understand. Old Dobie what's going on with myself and Brock with this uh, dead in eight days malarkey and that I suggest that we do that and see if yeah. we can't. To, to help us along, I will I will actually go and uh, I think, is it a bit timey-wimey now? Are yeah, we yeah, play, it's, play? yeah, it's a bit timey-wimey so, at the minute. I, I would have gone and, you know, stacked the, the priests and, uh, that's fine. you know, patted them down for effects like i'm not interested in daggers but if there's like anything on them they, they, they actually appear to be like have like very little possessions like just a dagger in the robes almost so like they conspicuously don't have anything on i mean they're not even wearing shoes mm. i guess that would like be um a kind of a oh, like these are these are the kinds that have wows about uh, like this kind of thing like they're, yeah, they're yeah. not you you would expect like say some sort of like pre uh, rule for their their like brand of Leander mm -hmm. worship because like, there's no good reason to like be walking around without shoes in Balcony. No, not here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just... uh, yeah, but I would have you know put them in a pile. That's uh, that's absolutely fine. You can have done uh, that. Yeah, and uh, come in and let's close the door. Get the smokes out. Okay. okay. So as per previously. Um, you get to make an intelligence... Obviously, you, you use your dose of old dough before everyone is participating. Um, you get to make an intelligence check. So the most intelligent character makes the intelligence check with a... It'll be a, a minus one bonus. Mm. For, so uh, can Ariana partake? Yeah, if you're willing... I mean, she doesn't have any pipe weed of her own, but if you're willing... Yeah, to, that's fine, certainly. Yeah, in which case you'll get... You'll be on a minus two bonus, whoever's rolling it. Mm. Yeah, that, that'd be me, because... We established that. Yeah, yeah. Um, My intelligence is like your charisma. Ooh, okay, okay. Okay, so you're trying to get a clue about... A, you're going to get a clue about the problem you're contemplating. What is the problem that you're contemplating? Obviously, you're discussing this while you're like... Um, so... I guess the problem we're contemplating is we feel like we've been poisoned or cursed or something. Yeah. Um, and obviously Brock has gone down. So what do we think has caused us to be unwell? 
do we really think we're going to die in eight days? And what can be done to save us in the medium term and save Brock in the short term? Okay, so as you sit down and you're obviously chatting amongst each other and with Ariana and you spend like an hour or so sort of smoking and contemplating and talking around the subject, it's it's very obvious to you guys that the the Inquisitor has used some sort of magic on you to cause this. The the symptoms, it's just sort of like looking at yourself and Brock, appear like very similar to like a number of like commonplace like diseases. But it's like super quick, and it seems like the effects are exaggerated. So like you, you you're getting worse rapidly. It's quite possible if this continues. I mean, you don't know about exactly eight days, but it's quite possible if this continues, you could die from it, because obviously people die from diseases all the time, and this is like a rapid like magic turbocharged disease. You suspect, give you know that normal diseases. Like, you know, because obviously you know normally like people recover like naturally when they rest and stuff like that from like minor injuries and such, but you know that that's like very much slowed down if you have like a, a serious illness because your body's using most of its energy just to like try and fight off the disease rather than like healing you. So you expect it's going to interfere with like some natural healing. Obviously, the the quickest way or the most efficient way to get this sorted out would be some sort of magic that can like remove this disease or whatever it is that's afflicted you um you don't know what effect like magical healing would have whether this disease would stop it because the disease itself is magical and um, you expect your natural healing is going to be like if not cancelled it's going to be like vastly like reduced okay and you expect like the main way you can like get rid of this is magic and it's not so much like the hit point loss that's going to get you. It's just going to be the natural, like, rapid progression of this disease. Okay. Because you're not actually, although you're feeling worse and worse, you're not actually, like, losing hit points, so to speak. But, like, the disease is progressing. Okay. So I was ask Ariane, does she know of anywhere nearby where we might find the right kind of herbs to create a poultice for myself and Brock? She says, "Well, there's there's plenty of herbs sort of like in the area, but if it's if it's something that's hit you with like magic, she she honestly doesn't know whether they'll have any effect. She's like, yeah, if you just need like a bit of help, like you've taken a few nicks or like you've been injured in a combat, yeah, she could point you in the right direction, but it, it's magic you're talking about. It's outside her like wheelhouse." But we would recognise the herbs we're looking for, right? Haven't found them before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so could we describe them to her and ask her, does she know if there's anyone nearby they might grow? Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, you, you sort of explain to her what you're looking for. That's absolutely fine. Let me just bring up the, the rules for that. Yeah, so you, you can make like the normal sort of like foraging roll. See if you can find some herbs, that's fine. Uh, 
stuff if I got properly hang on. Okay. So I think because I'm a hunter. No, I can't do okay, it was fire. So okay, but that is still a opportunistic. Sorry, it's a dedicated success. Okay, that's absolutely fine. So as you're hunting around, you find a with the aid of Ariana, you find a enough for like a single dose of a herb that's called a Lankswith. And you know that it's it's normally drank as a it's like a herb it's it's pounded down it's mixed with hot water to make a tea and it is reputed to like cure like common ailments so you know like you might give someone some blanks with tea like if they had like a if they had the flu or they were under the weather or something like that okay. and it's it's normally like it, it's actually blanks with itself is actually like the powdered root of like a a sort of floating like weed that's found in like it's quite hardy it's found in like bodies of water Okay, so I guess we'll make the tea and feed it to Brock and see if okay. that at least... Okay, Brock, you are now on one hit point. So you, you sort of slowly come round, you still feel like death warmed up as you're, as you're sort of fed this, this <clears throat> tea, but you are now conscious. I mean, you feel like you could drift away at any moment and you're still feeling sick, you're still sweating. Malcolm's not looking very good either. He's... Yep. he's Obviously, you didn't really have time to like see what was going on with him in the combat because it was all frenetic and all over the place. But looking at him now, you're like, whatever's happening to you is obviously happening to him, although he doesn't look like he's quite as far along as you. Yep. And yeah, so with a bit of a spluttering and like a... <laughs> Brock slightly brought round by this tea. Although it doesn't look like it's a long-term solution. It's just sort of like got him moving again in the short yeah, term. Yeah. Okay. And do we know if there's any clerics in Fort Eastburn? You don't. You don't know for definite. Okay. You you've not encountered any there. You've not heard anyone be like, "Oh, there's a marvelous cleric in Eastburn." There might be. You don't that know. is the only. That's the only place of any size, isn't it, around here? Well, we know there's none here. Oh, the Twin Knights. Did we meet them? Are they a adventuring party? Yeah, that's the party that Ariana used to lead before she retired. Okay. And are they in the area? And does she know if they have a healer? Okay. Well, you should be able to see them on the map. They're just—they're actually just outside of the uh, outside okay. there, sort of at the moment. Uh, see, so you know. Obviously you met these guys previously. They were the ones who sort of pulled up the boat on the beach of Witch Isle. Previously, oh, yes. you met there. So they have a, uh, a an elf and a dwarf. That's right. They've got Giles McGurdy as the uh, dwarf. And there is Jebediah Barn, the elf who likes flicking his hair cinematically. You don't recall them having a cleric. As far as you're aware, they had a, a magic user called Simon Duran. There was yeah. Moses Anderson and his sister Eliza, who were like warriors. 
who lit, now lead it, the party. And there was obviously the elf and the dwarf, Jebediah okay. and Giles. And would we have any idea if any of uh, Baloris, Balamoris people were healers? It's probably unlikely because dwarves like magic about as much as um, Brock does. Yeah. The only the only very slight chance you think you might have is obviously you sort of like uh, as a wild as an elf you sort of specialised a bit in like you know you went into like your rangery thing whereas like your more standard like elf as in like class elves do have magical abilities. I mean you don't really know what. Jabadiah Barnard the elf with the twin knights is rocking but like there's a possibility he might have some some magical abilities that could help but it's not a certain thing okay well I think it's definitely worth asking because he's nearby right because we feel like there's a ticking clock yep um, so I guess we should just head out to wherever they're camped and... yeah they're, they're camped about a mile outside of, to like the northeast of Dearson that's not a problem. As they as you approach, obviously they, they see you and they sort of hail you because they, they know you. Obviously you've got Brock on the cart, presumably. As yeah. you sort of head over to them. You see like Giles McGurdy is like the first one to see you and he's like he's like, Oh there. Hey, b- b- been a while. It has. I hope your adventuring is going well. He says, Yeah, he says passable, passable. Alright. Oh God's man, you're looking. Are you are you unwell? Uh, I am quite unwell. Uh, is Jebediah available? He leans over and he's like, uh, Jebediah, some old friends have uh, come to see us. At which point, sort of stepping into like the light of the full moon, flicking his hair, silver hair over his shoulder, you see Jebediah sashay out. He walks over and he. He gives you the standards of elven greeting, okay. as discussed previously. And um, he says, "And what can I, what can I do you for you?" Uh, I have been cursed by the Tosin uh, Inquisitors. His face wrinkles up when you say that. It's like, oh, um, as has my friend. Um, it feels like we are getting worse by the hour and I am wondering if you might have any any means of assisting us or knowledge that might benefit us he says uh, well I, I do have certain mystical abilities but uh, none I fear that could aid your current situation uh, if you need me to de- decipher some arcane text or things like that I could help you but um, I'm afraid uh, curing sicknesses is uh, more in the line of priests and friars and their like and uh, tell me have you been to the fort recently he says oh, which one uh, Eastburn he says um, we, we, we considered it and we, we started heading there but there was a very unhealthy air about the place so we decided to to push on past mm. what, why do you ask I'm wondering if they might have a priest but we ourselves have heard horror stories regarding it um, 
Have you seen any ships come into the cove of late? He says, um, no, not not recently, I'm afraid. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. He says, um, um, he says no, that, that's some fun. I only wish I could... I could do some more to help. Um, I'll see. I can't help with your disease, but if there's anything, I, anything else I can do, please just let me know. Uh, I think the disease is most pressing, but if I think of anything, I will let you know. Um, yes, please do. He says, um, "I don't know if this will be of any help, mind." However. Whilst we were whilst we were travelling to the area of Dear Sun, he said uh, he sort of like points into the distance and he says uh, we we passed by a a small creek in the mountains here. And he said there was a there was a small settlement, I mean a little more barely a village, almost a, a hamlet. Um presumably the people had settled there due to the presence of this uh, this creek. Uh, and a small stream being a a regular water source. Aside from the fort, it's and the settlements you know about. It's the only one I can think of that's that's nearby. They they may not have anyone who can help you. I honestly don't know. We we just saw it from a distance. We didn't stop in. Okay. But it feels a safer area than the fort. And it's not that far out of our way if the fort is our next stop. So we should try it. He says, well, uh, I, I, I wish you all the best of luck. And, uh, I hope you can I hope you can solve your problem. Me too. Okay. So what's the plan, guys? I guess we want to check this place out, do we? Yeah. yeah. There's nowhere else, like. It's that or the fort, I think. Like yeah. Okay, so. I think. Heading to this village is going to take you just over a day, basically. Okay. So, yep, you had there, and as you. As you get that, I'm going to make a quick roll to see if anything occurs on the way. Obviously, you'll need to like, spend a ration each. But nothing else untowards happens while you travel there. And it seems much as described by uh, Jebediah Barnard, the elf. It's a small settlement, uh, a little hamlet, really, just a small cluster of uh, huts built near this creek that feeds into a little stream running down from the the mountains and you can see like a a few people sort of like that they appear to have like flocks of sheep goats stuff like that okay and they a a few of them are sort of like there's not even really like a town square it's just like half a dozen little bit tiny buildings and like a handful of people 
and a few a few of them sort of like look up so obviously getting there like when you get there they're obviously getting their like flocks in and getting ready to like put them out for the night or whatever and as you approach they sort of a couple of them sort of like look up at you as you're heading towards them so i guess we're kind of wave really friendly yeah um and kind of head for the center of town or anything that looks like church town yeah, the, hall the, the, there's not like a church it's just like literally like a few like little cottages like little huts so I guess we'll stop in the middle and call out to someone okay and what do uh, you say I guess we're just saying hello uh, trying to get someone to approach and talk to us uh, yeah one of the uh, a man like holding like a shepherd's crook he leaves this flock of sheep and he, he walks over towards you and he's like are oh, you alright there fella yeah not too bad now um, tell me what is the name of your village at which point I'm going to throw this over to you guys what's this village called of course although it is on the map I've not named it um, Shepherd's Haven ok that's fine for me so he says he says oh we're he says it, it, it's Haven, uh, Shepherd's Haven, if you want the full name. There's most folks ah. around here just call it Haven, though. Nice. We're from New Zealand ourselves. We're a little bit south and east of here. Um, tell me, my good man, do you have a healer in Haven? Okay. At this point, roll me a d6. Two. He says it. Uh, he says, oh, oh, you mean you mean like a you know like a priest or or something? Yeah. He says, well, no, we we ain't we ain't got what you might call a, a cleric or nothing like that. He says, uh, he says, well, we we have got a friar though. Oh. You know he he, he makes a he makes a good brew. He's a he's a he's a stout fellow. Okay. Do you think that he would see us? Oh, I'm I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would. Okay. Could you point me in the direction of his home? Yeah, it indicates like one of the huts and you start walking towards it. And that cool. is where we're going to end the session for this evening. Hope that was okay for you guys. Thank you very much for playing. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was good. Well, it's, you know, the experience was good. The, <laughs> the events were slightly off of our um, itinerary. <laughs> you know I suppose we headed into the unknown and that's exactly what we got indeed well I guess we will be picking a battle with mm -hmm. a priest to cross finger fit <laughs> <laughs> and two lesser versions that take eight days <clears throat> you don't think you were lucky and you had like one of those like finger or death spells like memorised uh, where it's just like a mega save versus death or you are dead I do love things with yeah, that. Yeah, um, that, that is a slight escalation, you know. Indeed. Okay, now, obviously, we'll, we'll sort out XP and such like in a moment. But for now, I'm going to end the stream. So just thank you again to my wonderful players and to anyone who's watching this now or in the future. We hope you've enjoyed it and I hope you've had as much fun as I have running it. So thank you very much. We'll catch you again next time. Take it easy. Take care, guys. See ya.